It's six o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines claims that woman slave was left by police outside Milton Keynes Hotel. Go ahead for UK's first womb transplants and wins for Wickham and Luton, defeat for Stevenage. BBC's Three Counties Radio. The lawyer representing a woman treated as a domestic slave in Milton Keynes claims she was left by the police outside a travel lodge. 39-year-old Pamela Turkey went on to take legal action against her employers and was awarded £180,000 in compensation. Thames Valley Police say they take safeguarding very seriously but won't comment on the case specifically. Victoria Marks, a solicitor with the Anti-Trafficking and Labour Exploitation Unit, says the police got involved after the family tried to stop the woman leaving. They chased after her and tried to stop her. That was when the police came involved and the police dumped her at a travel lodge hotel where a good Samaritan met her um, and helped her find her way to Callianne. The go-ahead's been given for doctors to carry out the UK's first womb transplants following the success of the procedure in Sweden. The clinical trial will involve 10 women and, if successful, the first British babies born from donor wombs could be delivered in 2017. People illegally subletting in Aylesbury Vale are being told to hand in their keys and avoid jail. The one-month amnesty is being held from tomorrow to tackle tenancy fraud. More from Jessica Cooper. The Vale of Aylesbury Housing Trust says it's taking a bold step to tackle this problem, to send a strong message to criminals. Housing fraud can lead to a fine of up to £5,000 or prison for up to two years. Tenants must hand in their keys, make sure the property's empty and there's no rent to pay. The problem is estimated to have cost councils and housing associations close to £2 billion in 2013. A young girl was airlifted to hospital with life-threatening injuries after a collision with a car in Lindslade in Leighton Buzzard yesterday afternoon. She was taken to Addenbrooke's hospital in an air ambulance piloted by Prince William. David Cameron has announced that £25 million of foreign aid will be used to help build a new prison in Jamaica. It will be used to house Jamaican inmates currently detained in the UK. An investigation is continuing into the cause of a fire that badly damaged part of a Hertfordshire private school. A boarding house at Bishop Stortford College caught fire in the early hours of yesterday morning. More than 60 pupils and staff were evacuated. Headmaster Jeremy Gladwin says there's not much left of the building. The building has nearly nearly been gutted. The top two floors of the building have gone and um, various walls have been falling down. So it's a building which um, won't be habitable again, I don't think. In sport, Wickham are top of League Two after beating 10-man Cambridge at Adams Park. Falls to Harriman. What a goal! What a goal by Wickham Wanderers! It's Michael Harriman. A right-footed half-volley from 25 yards. Better with no chance. It's a top corner. Wickham Wanderers 1, Cambridge United 0. Luton are up to 11th after a third successive win. 3-1 at Morecambe. But Stevenage remained 20th after a third successive defeat. Teddy Sheringham's side lost 2-0 at home to Mansfield. The weather dry and Sunny but breezy, a maximum temperature today 18 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. It's coming, it's coming. Oh, hang on a minute, it's not, I've completely broken the thing here. Hang on, right, bear with me, start again. Right, go. Hang on, hang on, go. I'm a truck. I'm a truck. Say, mister, are you a truck? Yeah, yeah, I'm a truck. Can I have a ride? Sure, hop in. Oh, I'm a truck. I'm a truck. Say, mister, you ride good. Mind if I turn on the radio? Go ahead.
Now the chart topper on this week's top 30 countdown. I'm a truck. I'm a truck. It was it was worth it in the end, wasn't it, guys? It was worth it. Okay, oh three four five nine four double five five double five. What the hell is in your car? I'll tell you why. My car, it turns out, is well. Catherine saw it the other day. I let her go. Don't worry. Uh, it is full of what can only be described as I'm not going to say the word, but see our crap. It's full of it. Also, uh, I have um, wet socks, leaky boots. You see, there might be a connection there. Empty sandwich uh, boxes, many, many, many of those. Two tokens for a fairground, you know, because you have to... There's tokens at fairgrounds now. What's that all about? You ever noticed that? When you go to fairground, that's tokens. Like, what's that about? And in the boot of the car, I have various documents and books that I can never touch again because I also have a leaky... ...breaky heart. <laughs> Don't touch my heart, my leaky, bricky heart. Um, I've got a leaky big bottle of oil. Now, I'm not going to chuck the oil away, because that's worth millions. But it's leaked over everything in the boot of my car, and I keep forgetting, and so I keep putting things in there, and then, oh, no. My passport, I can't grip now. Every time I, my passport was in the boot of my car, don't ask me why. And every time I grip it, it just kind of slips out of my fingers. I can never travel abroad again. Or if I do, it'll be hilarious when I get to uh, customs and they're going, whoa, who's this guy? So what's in your car, please? 03459 455555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Sweet, Sweet Lord, that was loud. Now, I can't remember if this is any good or not. I like the song. It's Springsteen and Ray Davis. I just can't remember if this worked. Let's try it. Let's try it. Instead, and somehow 
Okay, it was all right. It was all right. Here's the. Um, okay, but uh, I need a sheet of paper because I've, we're, we're doing what's in your car. Oh, ah. And also, um, um, what's the point of? And we're going to top of that list. A number one, King of the Hill, um, uh, Queen Ant of the Heap, uh, is uh, Bruce Springsteen. What is the point of Bruce Springsteen? Very gruff. Um, husky man of the people. He's like a union rep with a microphone and a guitar. Not like that union rep. Has anyone seen the uh, union rep for Aslef, which I think is the union for Magic Lions? Is that right, guys? Aslef. It's a Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe gag. Come oh, on. Oh, like Aslan. Very Thank good. You. And also, he looks like a lion. Have you seen it? Well, you like saw a wizard. It. There's this guy. Um, let's, um, let's all post pictures of him. His name's McDonald. Merlin. Merlin McDonald. And uh, he looks like, um, a, uh, like a magical lion. It's insane. Yeah. Type in McDonald, not the Merlin bit, because I made that up. McDonald oh. and Aslef. You'll see. I've never seen... Never, not since my friend Steve um, at college had... Uh, I've never seen hair like that. The amount of shampoo... This fella? Yeah! Oh. Oh. He looks a bit like... You know that fella who reckons he's King Arthur that goes to Stonehenge every year? I don't know that fella, well, no. Him. There's a fella that reckons he's King Arthur? Yeah. I could have pulled that sword from that stone if I'd been given the opportunity. Loosened it, didn't they? Exactly. <laughs> if he, if you walked in hello? on him on hello, if you walked in on him in the shower, he would have his his hair all uh, okay. shampooed up, and then his beard all shampooed up too. I don't think I, I, I don't that. think adult men do that. Children, and I'm guessing now women approaching their um, late t- uh, to teens. Yep. Do that, but but uh, but men don't because we can grow our own beards. Some of us, some of us can grow our own beards. Coming up in the show, uh, the bare naked ladies exclusive interview. I say exclusive. I mean they've done other interviews on this tour, but it's exclusive because we were there. And oh, here we go. Right. So, what's in your car? A list of pointless people. Number one, Springsteen. Ladies and gentlemen, would you? His concerts go on too long. Oh, I think he's all right. Sorry. I think he's all right. You're doing it out there, eh? No, I'm coming in in a minute. I'm just printing off. Okay, well, we've got four minutes. I'm, I'm filling until you come in. Oh, are you? Yeah. I couldn't tell. Um, <laughs> uh, his concerts are too long. There's, there's a reason that concerts are like an hour, two hours. Yeah, Longer than Max. Huh? It's not Ken Dodd, though. His concerts are too long. That's well, too long. <laughs> okay. Um, and, oh, I forgot what the other one was. Oh, I had something then. So what's in your car? Shampoo beard. No, no, no. Pointless people. Oh, what's and we... Oh, we were talking... You were going to tell me something and you said you'd save it. We'll do that later on. That's about the dog walking thing. So what's in your car? Pointless people. And we just were about to... Uh, men and... Uh, the men, they don't grow their... They can grow their own beards. Yes. No, it's gone. It's gone. It's OK. It don't matter. We'll stick with what we got. I love it when you turn on the second microphone here. I sound like I'm in a tin can. Now, the lawyer of a woman who'd been held as a domestic slave in Milton Keynes claims she was dumped at a travel lodge by people who should have protected her, the police. The police picked up 39-year-old Permila Turkey by chance. She was confused, didn't speak English. According to a brief, if it hadn't been for a good Samaritan who worked at the hotel, her story might never have come out. Uh, Catherine, uh, I don't remember this story. Give me the background, please. Oh, well, Pamela has been awarded thousands of pounds in compensation at an employment tribunal um, because uh, her, she had made numerous claims, um, including those for unpaid wages and religious and racial discrimination. The tribunal heard that Pamela's employers had gone to India with the sole intention of finding someone of low caste who would not merely be of service 
but servile. She was then kept in domestic servitude for four and a half years in Milton Keynes. Now, they didn't seek to find someone who was living in the UK because no such person would have accepted their intended conditions of work. Can you go to that microphone? Yeah. Please, because it's, it's, it's sounding... All, you're, you're a, you were up to the max there and I was getting nothing. Try okay. speaking into there. Is that any better? Oh, we can hear you. Fantastic. Uh, what sort of conditions was she subjected to? Uh, she was uh, she was subjected by this couple, Mr and Mrs Chandock. They subjected Miss Turkey to unacceptable working conditions, including this, working seven days per week, 18 hours a day for four and a half years. She was on call 24 hours. She was paid 11 pence an hour. Gosh. The national minimum wage, of course, currently £6.50. That's significantly off. She slept on the floor, prevented from bringing her Bible to the UK and from attending church, oh. not allowed to contact her family. They set up a bank account in her name which they controlled and used for their own benefits. So that 11 pence an hour. And it was all um, accidental that she got found. Yeah, she was trying to get in touch with her family and had to leave the house to top up her phone. Now, Pamela's solicitor is Victoria Marks and she's from the Anti-Trafficking and Labour Exploitation Unit. She had been unable to contact her family for a very long period of time and she was desperate to communicate with them. And she eventually decided that she was going to try and top up her phone so that she could make contact with them. And she told her that she told Mrs. Chandock that she was going to leave the house. It was when Mrs. Chandock realised that she was leaving the house, which was something she wasn't authorised to do. Um, they they uh, chased her after her um, and tried to stop her. Um, and that was when the police came involved. Um, and it was only with the police involvement that she actually was removed from that situation. And police then, in her lawyer's words, dumped her at a Travelodge Hotel in central Milton Keynes. And it was only because a good Samaritan, the hotel's manager, Tr- Trudy Tuff, um, spoke to her and helped her find her way to a charity which is called Callian. It's a charity in London which provides justice for migrant domestic workers. And we'll be speaking to Trudy and the charity later on. OK, um, let's skip this next bit. The, the, the victim's reaction on the next page. What's been uh, the victim's reaction to this case? Well, she says she wants the public to know what happened to her. She has to speak through an interpreter. She wants people to know what happened to her because... This this must not happen to anybody else. The stress and anxiety that this sort of thing creates for a person can destroy them. I've not been able to smile because my life has been destroyed. Now I'm able to smile again. Now I'm free. I'm uh, hoping the police have uh, said loads of stuff, given us a statement. I know they haven't. No, not at all. The afternoon team invited them to join us this morning. They declined and sent us a statement. Um, I'm not going to read it out. It's, it, they're saying that they take safeguarding very seriously, but they won't discuss this case with, her, with us. They say if Pamela has a complaint about the way she was dealt with, she should take it through the official channels. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's quiet so far this morning on the motorways, even on the M1, where there's roadworks in both directions between Junction 12 for Flittick and 11 for Dunstall. There's a lane closed each way, so expect that to get busy later on. There's also roadworks going on in the High Wycombe on Marlow Hill around Dawes Lane outside the John Hampton School, so expect it to get busy there too. And in Hatfield on the Great North Road, it's quiet so far at St Albans Road East, but expect it to build up later on because of the roadworks going on there too. On the train to Pudgeboards, a 6.34 service from Bedford to Sutton is delayed, and on the underground, the Piccadilly line has minor delays between Uxbridge and Acton Town. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. Mm-hmm. Ah, six 
16, it's the 30th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The lawyer representing a woman treated as a domestic slave in Milton Keynes claims she was left by the police outside a hotel. The go-ahead's been given for doctors to carry out the UK's first womb transplants. And in last night's football, there were wins for Wickham and Luton, but defeat for the Stevenage Stevens. If you've missed any of the programmes here on BBC Three Counties Radio, you've missed things like this. What have you got for us, Liz? Can you beat leaving his scooter behind? Yes. I've left my knickers behind. But there is a way you can hear it all again. And he had been replaced with a baby grey budgie. What? Yes, he's been replaced. BBC.co.uk slash Three Counties Radio. Yes, the idea of preparing for Monty Python made me aware that I enjoy being on stage, enjoy being in front of a live audience. Allowing you to listen to what you missed. Would you sue your neighbour, your friends, if your child got hurt on one of their trampolines? BBC.co.uk slash Three Counties Radio. Got a keyboard last night for my birthday, and uh, that's some of the stuff that I wrote on it. Beautiful. Got plenty. I've actually written quite a lot of uh, songs on the old uh, the old keyboard last night. Do you want to? Do you use a single finger chord mechanism? Or... Uh, I I beg your pardon. I was playing with my keyboard. Where do you stand on fillings? <laughs> I don't stand. Here we go. Listen to this. Here we go. Listen to this. Just some um, stuff I did. No, I'm on. Just... Sounds familiar. No. Yep. That bit for sure. It just made me messing around last night. So be- creative. It's, be- it's better than uh, doing drugs or mugging old lady kid, lady, lady kids, lady kids, lady kids. Those lady kids. I mean, they've just. I just don't know what to think about them. Here we go. Last one. This is another. That was a tough one to play. So play that one again. That was a toughie. That was a toughie. Gosh, that's a toughie. How I mean, long have you had that keyboard? Oh, I got it yesterday for my birthday. Gosh. I was playing it, and again, I just... Uh... Oh. That's a fast one. I mean, yeah. flipping heck. It took me ages. It took me about 20 minutes to get that one spot on. And Impressive. then I did, and I just recorded it like this. Oh. Mm. Well, the trick was, because I, I did that then. So I was recording it just onto my cassette recorder. Got that for my birthday as well. Thanks, Nan. Because <laughs> uh, I, I, at the end, I kept going... Mm. And I had to keep doing it until I didn't do it. So I'll be playing it. I've done the humming. I have to do it again and again. And I mean, Mum was banging on the ceiling. Will you pack that in? Will you? Sh- it's ten past nine. Way past your bedtime, boy. Get turn that off. Oh, Mum, you've ruined it. I've got to do it again now, Mum. And then when she, um, when I knew that she was watching uh, Minder, I was flicking the V's. And yeah. that. Don't you flip the V's at me, boy! They don't understand about your music, do they? They don't understand! So, have you thought about jacking this in and concentrating on yeah, the music? Yeah, I have, actually. I have, actually, yeah. Because I think it might be getting in the way. Yeah, I have, actually. In fact, um, I wrote a song last night. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. It goes a little bit like this. <clears throat> you have breath? Yes, it's our work. Recorded this all by myself.
this at the end and you see then I just added this Sorry? That brightened it right, didn't bright- it? That was muddy. That was The Who, live at the BBC in 1966 from the B- uh, the uh, Who compact disc, live at the BBC. Muddy. Should be bracketed muddy. Yeah. Should say muddy. Uh, what's the point of Springsteen? My sister, who's listening in New Zealand, I wish my sister wouldn't um, get sexual with me. She sent me a picture of Springsteen in his trousers, but yeah. he's, he, the, he's not had time... He, well, he must have forgotten to do his um, fly and his top button-up. Because oh, I can see... The pubic triangle makes people disappear. I can see his crab ladder. That tr- trouser beard. It, it really is. Um, so please don't tell me that, Joe. That's, that's inappropriate. Scott says, Springsteen has done one good record, which, when you consider his career has spanned 129 years, is a not a very good hit rate. What's the point of Springsteen? What's the point of other people? Oh, three four five nine four double five five double five. What's in uh, your car? We had a t- we had a text on that as well. Look, people people are getting involved. Um, I have cactus compost and a unicycle in my car. Oh, Ooh, there's a story there. You know who has unicycles in their cars? Clowns. Street entertainers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's another word for it. Yeah, street entertainers. You can buy. Um, uh, yeah, I'll play the entertainer later on. Um, you can buy, we know because Dealey saw it, electric unicycles mm. for about 600 quid. Mm. What a, I mean, what is the world coming to, really? Really? When that's a thing, what's the world coming to? What's the world coming to? I'm just going to ask Kelly Betts. Kelly, what's the world coming to? What, when that's a thing? Yeah. I mean, really? Thank you. You see, she agrees and she's got a, she's an old soul in a young body. Do you know what? I, I have two words there. Lazy freaks. All right, we're doing our best, and we can't. <laughs> we are we're really trying. We're Not trying. Only you want to show off by riding a unicycle, but you can't be bothered to even pedal it. There we go. Lazy, lazy freaks. Lazy freaks. Ladies and gentlemen, you please welcome live on stage uh, for the first time together in thirty years. It's the lazy freaks. Hey. Then the lazy freaks come out and they play their greatest hit.
That one sounded a bit like Downtown. Downtown Abbey. <laughs> I've never watched that programme. I have literally I no interest in watching that that nonsense, that political, non, that classist nonsense, that boring classist political nonsense. It's just not a bit late for me, that's all. People illegally subletting in Aylesbury Vale are being offered the chance to avoid jail, or I hope the rest of this sentence rhymes, by handing their keys in as part of an amnesty vale. It does, but it doesn't make sense. For one month, starting tomorrow, the Vale of Aylesbury Housing Trust is encouraging people who are committing tenancy fraud to come forward. Yeah. <laughs> Don't laugh, they're, they're serious. Oh, yeah, those people that are making money um, illegally, they're going to come forward and go, Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, come on, guys. The problem is estimated to have cost councils and housing associations close to two billion pounds in 2013. Catherine, um, uh, I'm always... What was that noise? There was another voice inside of me. Oh, we'll discuss that later. I never quite understand amnesties, um, because the people that get involved are the people that aren't really a threat when it comes to guns and knives. Uh, Explain. Money. It's about money, isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, the problem's estimated to cost councils and housing associations close to £2 billion. End of interview. Um, this is all about trying to avoid further tenancy fraud cases and therefore expense, I guess. All housing providers, they say, have a responsibility to ensure social housing is used appropriately and recovering properties means they can be re-let to another family in need. So they're kind of appealing to your social conscience with this one. Throughout October, the Vale of Aylesbury Housing Trust will hold this amnesty, trying to encourage people committing fraud to hand in their keys. That way they can avoid a fine of up to £5,000 or a prison sentence of up to two years. Flip. Tenants must give the keys to the trust, hand in their notice with no rent to pay and make sure the property is empty. So far this case, uh, this year, six cases of housing fraud have been uncovered Gosh, by the trust. A six. whole six, you yeah. say? Wowzers. They, yep. the, that must leave these... these uh, that gives them good reason to want to be part of the amnesty because they must be quaking in their boots with their detective-like skills. Well, the most common types are unlawful subletting, obtaining housing by deception... I mean, the mind boggles. And wrongly claimed succession. Uh, are they the first to do this? No. A number of other housing associations have done something similar. A report from the Audit Commission last year says the London Borough of Camden ran an amnesty for two months in 2013. Okay. And seven properties were returned, so seven Camden. in a year. Yeah. And even though that doesn't sound like many, they had a replacement value of a million pounds. But the publicity led go. to many phone calls and more investigations. Right, this is the thing. They're talking about an amnesty. They're also asking people to dob their neighbours in. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, another housing association, Peabody Housing in London, has held a couple of amnesties and received more than £6 million as a result. They are asking people, if you know that someone is illegally subletting or shouldn't have that property that they're living in to, to call Now, them. what's the definition of, a, of an illegal sublet? Well, I need to clarify right, this. Right, OK. So, uh, as far as I understand it, if you're a council tenant, it's in your name. Yeah. You don't have the right to rent it out to someone else. OK. What if you... What if you're renting and you don't realise that's the setup? What if you worked... What if you worked somewhere? Would you have the right to rent that out? I'll tell you why. I've put this studio on Airbnb. I think that's fine. And I'm kind of hoping... Uh, I've got some people coming next week. Where are, you gonna, where are they going to sleep? Well, they they can sit in that that corner there. They I'm not fussed. They know they've got to be quiet when the red light's on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they'll be fine. I mean, it's all in the advert. All right. Oh, it sounds kosher. I don't know if they're Jewish or not. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> ask. It doesn't matter, does it? It, it, doesn't, it, it literally, it does not matter at one job. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
It's starting to build up on the North Orbital Road around the M25 Junction 21A roundabout, but it's still quiet on the M25. As we're on the motorways on the M1, there's roadworks going on in both directions between Junction 12 for Flitwick and 11 for Dunstable, so that is likely to get busy later on this morning. And on the trains, the 6.34 service from Bedford to Sutton has been delayed, and on the underground, on the Piccadilly line, there are minor delays between Uxbridge and Acton Town. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The lawyer representing a woman treated as a domestic slave in Milton Keynes claims she was left by the police outside a hotel. 39-year-old Pamela Turkey went on to take legal action against her employers and was awarded £180,000 in compensation. The go-ahead's been given for doctors to carry out the UK's first womb transplants following the success of the procedure in Sweden. People illegally subletting in Aylesbury Vale are being told to hand in their keys and avoid jail and an investigation is continuing into the cause of a fire that badly damaged part of a Hertfordshire private school. A boarding house at Bishop Stortford College caught fire in the early hours of yesterday morning. Three Counties Sport. BBC Three Counties Radio. Wickham atop of League Two after beating 10-man Cambridge 1-0 at Adams Park last night. Michael Harriman scored the winner after Gary Thompson had missed a penalty, but manager Gareth Ainsworth isn't getting carried away. It's great to be sat there. It is a good start to the season and we're really pleased, but you know we, we look at our squad sometimes and we know we're punching above our weight still. It's great to know what the boys will give me week in, week out. Like I say injuries and suspensions will kill us. We've picked one up tonight with Michael Harriman, who, uh, who may have tweaked his growing, which will put us down again. But this group of lads, you know, they, they just keep achieving and uh, the new boys who've come in look like they've, they've gelled really well with the, the rest of the group. Luton are up to 11th after a third successive win, 3-1 at Morecambe. Luke Wilkinson, Cameron McGeehan and Jonathan Smith scored for John Still's side. For the 90 minutes, we were the best team and deserved to win against a good side. And we've, you know, you've got, If you win here, you've got to play well. And we played well, we're getting better. Still not quite, but we're getting better, we're getting stronger. My team starts slow, I can't do nothing about that, it's just what we do. But we finish strong and uh, we're, we're getting better and I'm really pleased with today's performance. But Stevenage remained 20th after a third successive defeat. Teddy Sheringham's side lost 2-0 at home to Mansfield. At this moment, it's not good, and I, and I know it's not good. It's, uh, it's understandable, the, the little grumblings we're hearing, but um, I know it can be a lot worse. I've been at clubs before when it's been a lot worse. It's no different now. We have to, we have to dig deep and, and be strong together. And in the Champions League, there were defeats for both Arsenal and Chelsea. Arsenal lost 3-2 at home to Olympiacos. Chelsea lost 2-1 away to Porto. Tonight, Manchester City visit Borussia Mönchengladbach with Manchester United at home to another German side, Wolfsburg. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin at 7. I like the pilot. 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 I like the pilot, 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 do 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 This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio.
Requested by the Bare Naked Ladies uh, from their new album, Silver Ball. Duct Tape Up with an exclusive interview with them. What, about half past eight? Yeah, Why let's not? do it then. Why not? Why does your microphone, microphone soon gad and my microphone soon bad? Au quoi? Au quoi? You've got to. Uh, you've got to question. Oh, maybe if I go... Oh. What are you doing? Exterminate. Exterminate. Yours has to stay on low. Exterminate. Exterminate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what fun. What fun. I can do this as well. Ooh. Hang on a minute. It's, it's, here's a Dalek in a cave. Hang on a second. Oh, yowch. Exterminate. Exterminate. Oh, a bit of Larson there as well. A little bit of the old Larson. 03459 455 555 is the telephone number. Let's just find out what's happening on BBC Radio Norfolk. Hard, it's fine, dry, sunny. Temperatures getting up to 17 Celsius. Weather. Oh, you That's weird. Ah, oh, because we get out... This is insane. So I, I don't really want to take up your airtime with just filling it with nonsense. It's just <laughs> going to be very nice with some sunshine. Well, that's lovely. And and, uh, we've got you. That's weird because we it's like being in sliders or something where the world is the same but everything's slightly different. The difference there is take it the weather at 6.35. We get ours at about 6.46. I know what's going on. Wagwan weather. Wagwan. Um, the papers are full of um, just brilliant stuff today. Absolutely brilliant stuff. Go on, I haven't found any. Have you not? Not really, no. Okay, well then, give me the mirror. It's not be the mirror for the sun because the right. mirror is a little bit better. There's still loads in the sun. Right, right? let me give me a chance then. Let okay, me well, first, first things first, right? You know, um, Patrick Moore. Yeah. I wish I said I'm going to swap mics in a minute because this is annoying me. Patrick Moore, right? Oh, I thought you said Muir. I don't no, know him. Patrick Moore M- plays the Glockenspiel. Talks yeah. about stars. He's dead. I don't need more, yeah. Patrick Moore. You know Patrick Moore, the games master. Yeah. You remember him, Kelly, for the games yeah. master. Yeah. 
Games Master, how do I get past the ghosts on level six of Ghosts and Goblins? Hmm, well, what you need to do is... It's a bit more, well... Well, oh yeah, I was doing Yoda. Well, what you need to do is you double tap left and then you... Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, he's dead. And his monocle is up for sale. Have a guess how much his monocle's going to go for. Old man's monocle, I'd pay 50 quid. Oh, this is not just any old man's monocle. It's a, it's a fat old man's monocle. It, yeah, um, 50 quid. No! £800. What? £800 for Patrick Moore's monocle. You wouldn't even be able to wear it, it's not your prescription. Ever done snuff? Mm, no. Oh, baby. Snuff really hurts when you inhale it up the nasal... Makes a right capacity. messy hanky, doesn't it? Well, no, what you do is because that's there's a you've got a little hole there. If you if you get your thumb and your finger, you ever tried snuff, Kels? No, thank uh, you. We'll put it on the list. If you get your um, if you get your little thumb and your finger there, there's a little gap there. You see that yeah. little pot? That's for snuff. So you fill that up with I snuff. I thought that was for um, salt when you're doing tequila slammers. No, 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 no. You fill that up with snuff and then. It really is. It it's sounds a, so glamorous. It's tobacco, isn't it? So I'm not suggesting you do it, kids. It's horrible. You can still buy it in news yeah. agents. It's a weird... <laughs> it's like being determinedly old-fashioned, isn't it? It's like sniffing cocaine, but without there being any form of high. It's weird. I don't quite know... It makes know. your nose all brown we, in that. We went through a thing at school. At school. Yeah, <laughs> we, honestly, we had boys at school like that. Don't do it, it's horrible. We went through like a, it was like a week when we were doing snuff. And it really is, it, it's a very strange, but I associate, and, and don't do it, it's horrible. Well, do, do it if you want, it's your life, I, I don't know, you know I, I'm, I did it, um, you know, it's up to you. I'm not recommending it though. I associate snuff with monocles, yeah, they're, they're, they're very old. Why would you only need to be able to see through one eye? Unless, of course, you're looking in a microscope at a Petri dish at Amoeba. Well, I wear glasses or contact lenses, as you know, and I've got one eye that's weaker than the other. So, I guess, you know. That. Well then, why not wear glasses? Where well, you can get them where one is weaker and one is stronger. Yeah. Hey, very focals. Mm. Flip it. Yeah, where you have to tilt your head back to be able yeah, to read tilt down. Your head back and tilt your head forward if you're looking at boobs. <laughs> A monocle worn by Sir Patrick Moore is to be sold along with several globes he used on the telly. The late astronomer was much loved, much loved for squinting through the old-fashioned lens on a string. I know what a monocle is. You don't need to spend... What's a monocle? Oh, a lens on a string. It was not a string anyway, it was on a chain. Which corrected the sight in his right eye. It's going to go for 800 quid. Now, that sounds a lot, right? But then you compare it with um, the uh, only contract... This was sold yesterday. The only contract to be signed by them Beatles and that there Brian Epstein... Have a guess how much that went for. £365,000. But why? Did you buy it? I've got it here in front of me. Oh, in the newspaper? Yeah. Not the contract. I can't afford that kind of money. 300 And I, you know what? The BBC will be going, oh, could you? Could we have a lens on it, please? Can we have a lens on it for our thing we're doing next year where we want all rock and roll memorabilia? Can we have a lens on it? We'll give it back. And you go, you know, all right, then make sure you look after it. You give it to them in like one of those plastic wallets yeah. you get from Ryman's. And then it takes ages for it to come back. Yeah. And then they stop returning your emails. And then they do, it gets sent in, a, in an envelope, like a flimsy envelope, not even a jiffy. And it's all been folded up. <laughs> it's full of jam. It's got a, and it's got a, a coffee stain on it. Oh. And you try and get hold of the 18-year-old researcher that borrowed it. Oh, they don't work here no more. Sorry. Unbelievable. The BBC really needs to buck up its ideas before I um, invest any more of my time in them. 0345 9 455 555. This is a weird compilation you've got playing underneath you. It's my karaoke... Um, oh. 
Shake it, shake it, like I'm supposed to. No, those aren't the words, Catherine. Yeah, they totally the words. All the right junk in all the right places. I said, look at my fat bum as I walk down the street. You boys say you don't like it, but you'd like a treat. You'd like to touch it, like to see me bend down, pick up that coin. But uh aha, I ain't doing that, not for your joy. You see? Those are the actual words. You should tell Megan Trainor, she's singing it all wrong. She's singing it all wrong. Hey, um, fancy, um, oh, have I written that page down incorrectly? Oh, that's in the mirror. Um, the, the other story uh, in the Express, which really is... Oh, look, there's a picture of Pixie Lot dressed up as Audrey Hepburn. Here's an idea, Thin Women. Stop posing as Audrey Hepburn. Find something else to, uh, to mimic. That's already been done. Why do Brits behave so badly abroad? And they do. We do. When you get the, the, the Japanese, right, in their own country, filthy beggars... Filthy. Yeah, but in private. No, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 not in private. You go to, um, like, the proper restaurants where they don't have seats and stuff on a Friday, Saturday night. Um, what is the Friday night over there? I think it's a Monday night is the Friday night over there. But, and they can't handle their booze. The Japanese oh, can't handle their booze. So you walk down through, uh, through the, the streets on, um, like, a Friday night, half past nine, they're all trashed. All these businessmen are trashed in the street. I saw the most, I saw the sweetest thing in Japan, right? Three businessmen on a train at half past nine off their trolley on the rice wine. They can't handle it. And one of them puked up everywhere. Oh dear. It was so sweet. No, but what? Why the, is that sweet? I've not got to the sweet bit. <laughs> His friends woke him up because he was unconscious and all three of them cleaned up the vomit. That Bless them. is Japan in a nutshell. What with? Um, they found some cardboard and kind of just scooped it up. Oh, yeesh. That's Japan in a nutshell. They'll clean up their own vomit on a Friday night. Mm. Uh, but, they, uh, but when they go to, um, to, to around the world, they're all very well behaved. The Germans are very well behaved. Very well behaved. Um, the Italians, very, very well behaved. The Dutch can be a bit leery. Dutch can be a little bit leery. But, but nothing compared to us. The Brits abroad. Why, why is that? What, what, what is the thing in our no heads? No one knows me, do they? Is that? Is no it? one knows me. I can do what I want. It's just... We're just a, a horrible... Um, pigs. I pretend not to be British. I pretend not to understand people. It's just... <laughs> and when did... Because the Germans, of course, are famous for putting their um, towels down on the sun loungers. Mm. Uh, right. They don't do that now. Do you know who does it? Us. We do. Yeah, but we're when, doing it in retaliation. When we went to, to um, uh, Kefalonia, this, we, we stayed at this place this, this, for three nights, stayed at this place, and there were loads of Brits there. And we looked out the window... And it was all Union Jack beach yeah. towels. And on that's the thing. the thing; it's kind of aggressive. But what? I don't understand. Why not? I got an idea. Why, if you want to, if you want a sun lounge, just get up. The thing is, if I were to go down there at nine o'clock in the morning and chuck their towel in the pool, there's nothing legally. It's not legally binding but, contract with the sun lounge. But that's what Brits used to do to the Germans. Remember, they used to be off. Flipping fancy doing that? I'm not going to have that. I'm going to go down and sort it out. Leave it, Paul. No, I'm going to definitely do it. It's got <laughs> not their sun lounge. It's not. They've got no right to do it, and they won't rock up till eleven o'clock anyway after the barbecue. I just, but Brits abroad. I mean, really. It's it's disgusting. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's starting to build up on the M1 towards London around Junction 9 for Redbourne and on the M25 it's busy anti-clockwise between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford and it's also looking slow nearby there on the North Orbital Road at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. On the A10 it's slow southbound from College Road towards the M25 at Junction 25 for Enfield and there's no reported problems on the trains at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 
6.45, it's uh, uh, Wednesday the 30th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The lawyer representing a woman treated as a domestic slave in Milton Keynes claims she was left by the police outside a hotel. The go-ahead's been given for doctors to carry out the UK's first womb transplants. And in last night's football, there were wins for Wickham and Luton, but defeat for the Stevenage Steves. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It may have a little bit of mist and fog out there this morning. Not too much, but there may be one or two patches out there. Quite chilly for some, but it's more of the same. Blue sky and sunshine for much of the day. A really pleasant afternoon. We do have a brisk northeasterly breeze, which will just take the edge off the temperature a little bit, but it's still going to feel warm in the shelter. Maximum temperature up to 18 Celsius. Overnight tonight, lengthy, clear spells in the most part. Could see a bit of cloud working in from the east, but in the most part, dry and clear. So temperature dropping, perhaps down to around 8 in the countryside, staying in double figures in towns and cities, but we are hanging on to a little bit of a breeze. However, some places still could get this mist and fog develop um, where the wind falls a little lighter, so it's going to be a similar night to the one we've just had, and a similar start to Thursday. More sunshine tomorrow, again, the wind's a little bit lighter, and therefore it's going to feel a little bit warmer tomorrow. Maximum temperature, 18 Celsius, so still staying pleasant right the way through to the weekend, and that's your forecast. Every weekday from three. It's not just about what we bring you. Starting off on the M25, it's particularly heavy moving anti-clockwise. It's also about what you bring us. In the end, I could only eat off my ironing board. Your stories. Every room in the house was just, was climbing over mountains of rubbish. Your humour. There's a reason why you earn the big bucks, you see. That sort of insightful comment is exactly right. Your opinions. Well, the culture's got to change because the police can't do it and the, uh, the traffic wardens are so busy. So the culture has to change. I think parents do change into uh, different human beings when they are picking their kids up. Roberto Peroni. And everyone across beds, hearts and bucks. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. I could earn big bucks if I ask good questions. I'm going to. Uh, this is what we're talking about this morning. Uh, who's got the best hair in the world? What's the point of Bruce Springsteen? If you want to add anybody to that list, you're more than welcome to. And what's in your car? 03459 four double five five double five.
Morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties uh, Radio. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Not the mirror. I meant. Oh no, I'll have the mirror. I've got the mirror. Yeah, you've got the mirror. Great, great picture, guys. I did, there's nothing better. And the thing about pictures, my camera never lies anymore because there's nothing worth lying for. Of course, the poetry of Bucks Fizz, the mm. most dangerous band in rock and roll. But cameras do lie uh, because, A, they can be airbrushed, and, B, they, they capture a moment and you don't know what's happening before or after. Unless, of course, you've got the new iPhone. And I showed you this. It takes a picture, but it takes, like, picture either side of the picture so you can l- watch the picture move. Have you seen that, Kel? It's weird. Like a flick book. It's like a flip book. So it takes pictures either side of the picture. So you, they, I don't want, I want the picture. Yeah. Anyway, brilliant. Two, well, actually, there's two brilliant pictures here of um, um, uh, Vladimir Putin and uh, Alexander Obama. Now, what's his name? Barack. Barack Obama. <laughs> Barry. Barry Obama. Barry, o- Barry Obama. Um, there's two pictures of them. They do not look happy to see each other. No, they look peed off. No. But you don't know what's going on. We do. They're having a standoff. Um, one of them uh, um, loves Assad. The other one wants to see him blown to smithereens. Mm. That's, what's, that's what's going on there. One of them is uh, 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 supports terrorism. The other one's Vladimir Putin. Thanks very much. Good night. Boom, shakalak, ladies and gentlemen. Ben Elton has left the building. But you don't know that that's what's happened. They might have just been told there's no donuts. That's absolutely true. Yeah. I mean, you don't know. Or, or maybe, maybe um, Putin has lived up to his name and he's blocked the toilet, and and, and uh, Alexander Obama is desperate for a waz. Or maybe Putin just told a killer gag. They've just stopped laughing, and it's that oh dear moment where it kind of all goes quiet. Or I reckon ma- it's that. Yeah, but maybe it's that, or maybe um, Obama, Alexander Obama, has said to uh, Vladimir Putin, "I really fancy your wife." And he's gone, that's not my wife. That is not my wife. That is daughter of oh. Putin. You disrespect my name. No, I'm not disrespecting her, sir, but I'd love to, given half the chance. Gosh, that sounded like Reagan. <laughs> all of the... Um... Hey, here we go. Here we go. This will be a phone-in on another radio station somewhere. Go on. One in five smokers is unaware it is illegal from tomorrow to light up when children are in a car. Those who ignore the law to protect youngsters from secondhand smoke face uh, on the spot fines of £50. Yet 50% of smokers said the ban would be ineffective. Who's going to police it? What if the kids spark up? Who's. Uh, is that illegal? If a kiddie sparks up a. It said second hand, didn't it? Yeah, so exactly. Be right. So if an eight year old sparks up, let's say a silk cart, I don't know if they're still popular cigarettes amongst the, the children, youth. Training cigarettes. They were gateway <laughs> cigarettes, yeah. Um, if, if a child sparks up, is that illegal? I mean, seriously, it's a serious question. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting question. Have you seen this uh, latest Madame Two Swords thing? It makes me want to puke. Oh, jeez. Fans wax lyrical with internet sensation Zoe Sugg and Alfie Days, known jo- jointly as Zalfie. Oh, flipping <laughs> Right, so these are YouTube bloggers, right? They seem like just guys that are doing crazy things, you know, and filming it in their bedrooms, not that. But actually, they're just advertising stuff. They're just advertising stuff. I can and now do they've that. got a Madame Two Swords. I can do that. I can advertise stuff. Hey, if you like uh, glue and a stick, why not get a print stick? There we go. You've got to do it, oh, but, but you've got to do it while making, I don't know, uh, a rabbit or something. Yeah, I can make a rabbit. Um, huh? In your bedroom. Yeah, do that. Um, in front of a camera. I've had a rabbit in my bedroom before. Mm. Don't tell me, Mum. Um, okay, I, well, would you want me to advertise? You like you like um, you like strawberries, but you don't like actual the taste the, the texture of strawberries. I have it in a jam, strawberry jam. 
There you go. Goes great with bread. Bread. Okay, you like well, bread? You like sandwiches? You're going to need some bread? Go and get some. Warburtons. You need to film it, then you'll become a YouTuber. Warburtons. Go and get some Warburtons. Warburtons bread or Hovis. They're both brilliant. Take your pick. Uh, uh, Kingsmill. Kingsmill have not paid me the dollar. They, oh. Kingsmill suck. Warburtons and Hovis. I thought for a moment you were just a guy talking about bread. I didn't realise you were selling me bread. Yeah, exactly. You see, that's the skill, guys. Gosh. That's, slick. That's the skill. I love this. Go on. Um, so there's a prisoner, right? An escaped convict enjoyed a two-day mini-break with his wife at a hotel after prison guards failed to realise he was missing. I'm guessing he did the age-old tick, uh, trick of putting his um, pillow underneath the duvet. and um, The Ferris Bueller. And then drawing a face on a paper plate. Mm. And then shaving off all of his body hair and sticking it together so it looked like his hair. Mm. We've all done that, haven't we, yeah. guys? Very clever. Then you also attach a rope to some sort of pulley system so that there's slight rocking in the bed so it looks like you're having a snore. Douglas... And you record snoring on your tape. Yeah, 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 exactly. Tape, yeah, so. yeah. Douglas Ward, 26... Had booked... And then you put a sign saying, do not Turn disturb poorly. <laughs> Douglas Ward, 26, had booked a £110 a night room using a credit card while serving five years for firearms offences. He was arrested after the hotel manager spotted a Facebook post by Ward boasting he was out for the day. <laughs> Lex Luthor, he ain't. What, was he going to go back in then? Yeah, yeah, well, he, he, he went to, to see his missus, they had a little weekend away. He got the, the room for free. Uh, he got the room for free because he complained that, that a chair he'd sat on had collapsed and he'd hurt his ankle. And so they said, oh, you can have the room for free. Well, that's fair. You've got, you got to respect that. And then he went that. back to his room for free. The government, instead of punishing this man, should be using this man to um, help us beat China at cybercrime or something. It's one slight flaw, though. If he hadn't Facebooked it, he would have got away with it. Mm. It's got free. Just, just a tiny thing there. 03459 When has Facebook balls up your plans? Call me now. When have you got away scot-free? When have you got away scot-free? When has Facebook messed up your plans? Who's got the best hair? Uh, what's the point of dot, 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 and what's in your car? I mean, we're just firing out. Les Dennis. Is he in your, is in your car? All of those answers, yeah. <laughs> Les Dennis. He's a very tiny man, Les Dennis. You got anything I, in the papers? Um, oh, yeah, you, you were talking about people, Brits abroad. Oh, yeah. Were you um, heading towards these six people in a fountain with no clothes on? That's, um, well, I wasn't heading towards them. I was kind of nodding. Don't apologise for that. They're not sorry. They did it. It's a thing. Have you got the sun over? Give me the sun very quickly, because there's something <laughs> in the sun I want to <laughs> see. <laughs> they do this every now and then. I, I'm, I'm guessing, I didn't read the story in its detail. I'm guessing it's a calendar... Uh, yes, it is. Who says boring has to be bad? These blokes are proud to be Britain's dullest men. With their curious collections, the eccentrics are hailed in a new book, Dull Men of Great Britain, produced by the Dull Men's Club. Now, none of these things sound dull to me. I've crossed the line. They're men with hobbies. A handsaw expert. This, is a co this collection is a sight for sore eyes. <laughs> Retired doctor Simon Barley from the Lake District has collected 1,500 handsaws and what? is a world expert in the field. Hand sores or sores? sores? <coughs> oh, right, OK. Just the doctor thing through me. This is brilliant. A bandstand lover. Bandstand lover. <laughs> this guy's hobby uh, has a grandstanding. He travels the country visiting bands. I love bandstands. There's a bandstand out there. I love it. Hill measurers. These three gentlemen love making a mountain. I'm not going to read the jokes. Spend their weekends measuring hills. <laughs> Keeps him busy. What's the, what's the problem? Um, and f the, the final one here... Um, oh, this is actually quite boring. David Grissenthwaite, the 87-year-old from Kirk Coldy and Faith... Um, from Kirk Coldy and Faith, has kept notes every time he, he's mown the lawn since 1984. <laughs> but that's just... I mean, that Why? is... That is just... That's, that's sad. That's sad.
Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's starting to get busy on the M1 towards London past Junction 9 for Redbourne. It's also busy on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. And the A1 is so southbound from the Holiday Inn through the Stirling and Apex corners towards Mill Hill Circus. In Palmer's Green on the North Circular Road, there are queues now between the Great Cambridge Interchange at the A10 and Bounds Green Road at New Southgate. On the train to Patchwoods, the 720 service from Hartford North to Moorgate has been delayed. Samantha Braff, BBC. Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. So, lots to talk about. Um, what's the point of dot, dot, dot? Do we really need Springsteen? What's in your car? Who has the best hair? Your Brits abroad stories as well, of course. 03459 455 555. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines claims that police left woman slave outside Milton Keynes Hotel. Go ahead for womb transplants in the UK and wins for Wickham and Luton, but defeat for Stevenage. BBC's Three Counties Radio. The lawyer representing a woman treated as a domestic slave in Milton Keynes claims she was left by the police outside a hotel. 39-year-old Pamela Turkey went on to take legal action against her employers and was awarded £180,000 in compensation. Thames Valley Police say they take safeguarding very seriously but won't comment on the case specifically. Victoria Marks, a solicitor with the Anti-Trafficking and Labour Exploitation Unit, says the police got involved after the family tried to stop the woman leaving. They chased after her and tried to stop her. That was when the police came involved and the police dumped her at a travel lodge hotel where a good Samaritan met her um, and helped her find her way to Callianne. The go-ahead's been given for doctors to carry out the UK's first womb transplants following the success of the procedure in Sweden. The clinical trial will involve 10 women and, if successful, the first British babies born from donor wombs could be delivered in 2017. People illegally subletting in Aylesbury Vale are being told to hand in their keys and avoid jail. The one-month amnesty is being held from tomorrow to tackle tenancy fraud. More from Jessica Cooper. The Vale of Aylesbury Housing Trust says it's taking a bold step to tackle this problem, to send a strong message to criminals. Housing fraud can lead to a fine of up to £5,000 or prison for up to two years. Tenants must hand in their keys, make sure the property's empty and there's no rent to pay. The problem is estimated to have cost councils and housing associations close to £2 billion in 2013. A young girl was airlifted to hospital with life-threatening injuries after a collision with a car in Lindsley in Leighton Buzzard yesterday afternoon. She was taken to Addenbrooke's hospital in an air ambulance piloted by Prince William. David Cameron has announced that £25 million of foreign aid will be used to help build a new prison in Jamaica. It will be used to house Jamaican inmates currently detained in the UK. An investigation is continuing into the cause of a fire that badly damaged part of a Hertfordshire private school. A boarding house at Bishop Stortford College caught fire in the early hours of yesterday morning. More than 60 pupils and staff were evacuated. Head Jeremy Gladwin says there's not much left of the building. The building has nearly nearly been gutted. The top two floors of the building have gone and um, various walls have been falling down. If so, it's a building which um, won't be habitable again, I don't think. 
In sport, Wickham are top of League Two after beating 10-man Cambridge 1-0 at Adams Park. Michael Harriman scored the winner after Gary Thompson had missed a penalty. Luton are up to 11th after a third successive win. Comes off Smith, it's going to go in and Smith's got it! Smith's got the third! It took a rebound, it bounced off the goalkeeper, back onto Smith and Smith eventually just rolled the ball over the line. It's game over here at the Globe Arena. Morecambe 1, Luton 3. But Stevenage remained 20th after a third successive defeat. Teddy Sheringham's side lost 2-0 at home to Mansfield. The weather dry and sunny but breezy, a maximum temperature 18 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, Simon. It's too... It's too the weather recently has been... Um, fair to say too hot yesterday. It was, it was very confusing. End of September... I, I just didn't... I, what was I supposed to be wearing? I, it was a confusing experience all round. I can see my team hastily rewriting scripts as guests drop off. Doesn't matter. I can... I, I, you take... You give us a thumbs up when you're ready. So, what's in your car? My car, I think... Um, I, I think life could be created within my car. It's so much rubbish. Loads of sandwich boxes, loads of Costa coffee cups. Some tokens for a fare. There's an oil slick in the boot, a leaky... Uh, uh, I've got one of those tubs that you put insects in to look at. It magnifies them. I believe it's called a magnifying tub, I'm going to say. What's in your car? Yes, Tony, we can play what's in your boat if you don't have a car, of course. Oh, the furthest you've ever travelled in a boat. We'll have that. 03459 455555. What's the point of dot, dot, dot? Do we really need... Do we really need... Bruce Springsteen anymore? And who's got the best hair? 03459 555555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Um, for suggestions for the best hair, now get that, I'd never considered this a possibility. Uh, Scott says, Diana Rigg in the Avengers, and I went, nah. And then he posted a pic of Diana Rigg in the Avengers, and I went, yeah, yeah. It's not the hair, though, is it? Uh, yeah. It's the whole package. Uh, I can't actually see the whole package, mm. um, but it's good hair. It's good hair, actually. I'll, 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 she, but not, not the best hair. I was like Betty Boo's. Betty Boo's hair. Oh, Lisa Stansfield. No. Yeah. No, not yeah. that silly clown thing yeah. that she used to do with the curls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, horrible. No, 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 no. Nice, nice. No. No. Stiff. She would have used yeah, a lot exactly. of st- st- the... studio line. No. Style your hair any way you, you like, like it. it. Studio line. How did that band jump through that paper wall so uh, effectively? And those maracas were not going in time. Hey, oh, by the way, if you've ever fallen through a wall, oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Well, we'll have that. I watched a film last night, and this is weird. Okay, we'll put this. So many topics today. I hope you're writing all these down, Catherine. Um, uh, good films where the acting is bad. I watched a brilliant film last night. The acting was. Awful, and five minutes into it, I thought, well, I'm not going to stick with this. I'm glad I did because the film was brilliant, really strong premise, right? The Cube, mm. starring Philip Schofield <laughs> and Abs. No, it was called The Cube, right? And it's about this fella, and he wakes up and he's in a giant cube, and there's doors on each side. So, what was that? Like seven or nine, seven or eight doors, something like that. I don't know. On each side, 
And um, he goes through a door and he gets killed immediately, he gets sliced into pieces. Then it cuts to another... Fa- and there are seven people trapped in this giant cube, OK? And they have to travel through the cube and each, each door takes them to another cube. Mm. And some are traps, some are not traps. So it's like the crystal maze with added death. With added death, but the seven people... that are, There's seven people together, they don't get on. They don't get on. And they're all an integral key to solving out how to escape from... The Cube. Now, the act... It was about 20 years old, this film. The acting was absolutely... Atro- I mean, awful. Awful. But the film was, was good. Very good. Here's one. Yeah. You're not going to like it. Go on, mate. Bill and Ted. It's a brilliant film. The acting's awful. No, no, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, the acting's yeah. good in Bill and Ted. No. Tell me where it's awful. Give me a bit where it's awful. It's awful. Rufus is good. George Carlin is brilliant in it. And they're brilliant in it because they're playing airheads. They're meant to be... Yeah, whoa, 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 dude, all that stuff. Yeah. They're not really acting, though, are they? Well, it doesn't matter. Because we conv- know that, that Keanu Reeves talks like that all the time. Yeah, yeah. I've seen Point Break. I've, it's a, it's I've a, seen Speed. It's a convincing performance. I'm not allowing that. Oh, I'm not allowing that. I'll let you have Speed. The acting in Speed is awful, but it's a Isn't great it? film. Yeah. It's that the first one is a great film. Sandra Dennis, Bullock saved it, that's why. De- Dennis Hopper is, a, a, you know, overacting as he always does as a psychopath. Mm-hmm. Well, and a great premise. And But Sandra Bullock was amazing in it. Yeah, yeah, she was good in it. The bit where she hits the, the, the baby buggy. It's only, got t- it's only tin cans! It's only tin cans! Keep driving! Oh, it's good! So, OK, films where the acting is rubbish... But the, the um, film is good. The, the film is good. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five is telephone number. If you want to give us a call, eight one three double three. Start your text three CR. Uh, now on, onwards and upwards, dear listener. Thames Valley Police dumped a vulnerable woman outside a travel lodge, according to her lawyer. The force refuses to discuss the case, but says if Pamela Turkey has a complaint about her treatment, she should go through the correct channels. Well, they picked up the 39-year-old in Milton Keynes. She was confused, and she doesn't speak English. It later emerged she'd been uh, being held as a domestic slave for four and a half years, a fact her lawyer says would never have been revealed if it hadn't been for hotel manager Trudy Tuff. Uh, sadly, now is it Trudy, C- Catherine? Uh, Catherine, I need you for a second. I need you for a second. Sorry, more important than that. Please, Mike. Is it just a second? Is it Trudy we were going to speak to, or the lawyer? Sorry, go. Is it Trudy we were going to speak yes, to, or the lawyer? Yes, it was Trudy, the hotel manager, and now the travel lodger said that she can't come on. She and got speak. a phone call at eleven o'clock last night saying that she shouldn't speak to us. For, uh, well, that's she was a shame. really up for it because there's a lot she wants to say. That's such a shame because um, travel lodge do not in any way, from what I can tell from the story, come out bad in this. In and fact, Trudy comes out as a little bit of a hero, a massive hero. If it hadn't been for her, none of this would have come out. Really, okay, really odd, and we'll investigate why. Very, very odd decision from uh, travel lodge press department because. Um, you, you guys haven't done anything wrong. Anyway, Trudy did have a lengthy conversation with our reporter, Tony Fisher, and uh, Tony is on the line now. Morning, Tony. Morning, Ian. Morning. Odd decision by Travelodge, but you spoke to Trudy. What did she t- What did she tell you? How did she come across Pamela? She was... she Trudy Tuff, I tell you, it sounds like an amazing woman. She was the only independent witness uh, the court case, the tribunal. Um, she described how she was at the Travelodge in central Milton Keynes, where Pamela was, uh, in her words, dumped, and in the lawyer's words, dumped outside. Uh, she describes her as a waif of a lady with a massive suitcase. Um, now, Pamela was told that that travel lodge was full, but the one that Trudy manages in Old Trafford had a room, so Trudy took her there. And when she was speaking to her, 
she told me, oh, sounds to me like she's a slave. She kept saying to me, Trudy, that is, sounds to me like she's a slave. The more Trudy spoke to her, she said, well, she had a bank card, so she helped her with her bank card. And Pamela had memorised four numbers that she'd overheard her employers talking about, the Chandocks. Uh, and she'd written them down, these numbers, on a piece of paper. It turned out these numbers were her PIN number. So they went to the bank and got some money out. There wasn't very much money in the bank. There was mm. about, according to the court documents, just over £1,400. So she'd done four and a half years' work. There was £1,400 in her bank. Blimey. So she started crying. So um, Trudy, good Samaritan, thought, well, what do we do now? She went to the Milkings Council, uh, and they checked her passport, um, realised, said, basically, she's not entitled to any benefits or accommodation, nothing. Um, and Trudy kept saying to me, well, she's an innocent, she's an innocent, and she couldn't believe uh, that she'd been in the country for such a long time. Um, so Trudy got hold of this charity, who we're going to speak to at 8 o'clock, called the Kalayan Charity. Yeah, now, I hadn't heard of these. These, um, I, and I, I've, I've literally just Googled it, they um, uh, help people, uh, let me get the little screen, a small London-based charity yeah. which provides practical advice and a support for the, the rights of migrants and migrant workers. How did Trudy even know of this charity? Well, that, I'm not sure. I right. think she must have done a research or, or got some information okay. from the council. Um, anyway, she used the council phone to ring this charity, um, and then luckily there was someone in the council who'd only just been recently employed who spoke, who spoke Hindi, yeah. which was the same language as Pamela. So anyway, Trudy basically arranged for Pamela to go to London to meet the people from this charity. She got the person at the council who spoke Hindi to explain to Pamela what was going to happen. Then Trudy took her home, cooked her some food, took wow. her to the train station, and she put her on a direct train to Euston, gave her very specific instructions, and told her exactly where to go. And, you know, obviously contacted the charity, made sure that she was going to actually reach them. And later on that day, she got a call from the charity, and in her words, she said, we've got her. Fantastic. So the, the charity then took, took hold from that point on in uh, 2012. And I think from that point on, it all snowballed, and the case happened. And, you know, as we, as we found out last week, she's been awarded uh, over £180,000 in compensation. So what it's quite a story, and as Catherine says, if it hadn't been for this good Samaritan, uh, well, Trudy Tuff, who is a manager at Travel Lodge in Milton Keynes, she, who knows what would have happened. Well, such an odd decision. Such a, suitcase. Well, exactly. And this is, this is the, the, the complaint that's being made, is that the police dumped her there with, 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 with no help. A, an odd decision, I think, for Travelodge. They obviously got their reasons to, to, to stop Trudy speaking to us. Um, and we'll, we'll have a look into that. I, but Trudy, strange because I spoke to the press office. They rang me yeah. yesterday and I said, look, th- I, I didn't go through you because this has nothing to do with Travelodge per se. Yeah. This is to do with Trudy Tuff. Uh, the manager, and the press office said, yes, I agree. So I thought, right, that's brilliant. We've got no problems with the press office. I got an email at 11 o'clock last night informing me that Trudy Tuff won't be doing the interview with us this morning. And isn't it weird because, you know, Trudy has obviously went above and beyond. You know, what, what genuinely a hero, and I would have thought Travelodge would have been trumping the fact they've got staff like that that, that, uh, that are amazing people. Well done, Trudy. You know, and, and how lucky of uh, this, uh, this, this woman to uh, end up on Trudy's doorstep to have someone like that help her. Uh, Tony, yeah. I, I appreciate you coming on and filling in the blanks. One, the, before I let you go, um, you're doing the big interview this week, I think, with uh, Nick Kershaw. Is that correct? 
<laughs> we all got an email. D- Justin Dealey, may, may, uh, may God bless him. He's not very well. And I spoke. I, I had a little textage with Justin last night. Get well soon, Justin. Hopefully next week he's going to be back. But he's, he's, he's a little bit poorly. Um, and an email. The, it's the best email I've ever seen on the internal email system. Mm. Uh, was was uh, sent out yesterday from Liz. Yeah. I've booked a studio for Tony Fisher yeah. at midday on the 1st of October. He's recording an interview with Nick Kershaw on behalf of Justin. Now, it's a strange pairing, you and Nick Kershaw. What are you going to ask him, Tone? Uh, I, I've, I've been told what to ask him. Oh, they're not letting you go free range? Not free range chicken, no. But I will, um, I will you know, I'll, I'll spread my wings and um, I'll, uh, I'll just go for it. OK. Yeah, you know, it's going to be great. It's going to be this could be your big break. It'll be fine. This could be your big break. You you could you could make the move into music radio. Yeah, Nick Kershaw. Yeah. What, what was his big hit? What was his uh, what was his band again? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tony. See you later. Ta-ta. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 towards London, it's busy at Junction 9 for Redbourne, and now it's slow on the approach to that as well. The A5 is busy southbound from Lynch Hill towards the M1 at Junction 9. On the M25, it's slow anti-clockwise from Junction 21 for the M1 to 19 for the A41 at Watford. And it's also looking very slow on the speed sensors around the M25 Junction 21A roundabout and southbound on the A10 from College Road towards the M25 at Junction 25 for Enfield. On the trains, the 720 service from Hartford North to Moorgate is delayed. Samantha Breath. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Sammy. We're all looking forward to uh, the uh, Tony Fisher interviews, Nick Kershaw. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be good. It's going to be good. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate you coming on and um, explaining that story for us. 7.16, it's Wednesday, the 30th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The lawyer representing a woman treated as a domestic slave in Milton Milton Keynes claims she was left by the police outside a hotel. The go-ahead's been given for doctors to carry out the UK's first womb transplants. And in last night's football, there were wins for Wickham and Luton, but defeat for Stevenage Steves. We've had a brilliant summer of cricket. That's Edge and Court, it's all over. But once again, we're also celebrating our unsung sporting heroes. He has such passion for sport. I'm extremely proud of what we've achieved here. Who will you nominate? We're looking for someone who inspires people to get involved in sport across beds, hearts and bucks. He's funny. He's... He's never strict with you, so you don't feel pressured. To make your nominations, go to bbc.co.uk slash unsunghero and download an entry form. The closing date is Thursday, 22nd of October, with our 2015 Unsung Hero announced at the BBC Sports Personality of the Year in December. She cares about everyone else more than she does about herself. Get inspired. Get nominating. Doesn't Trudy sound amazing? Doesn't she sound amazing? So, so good. And if I ran a company, that's exactly the sort of image I'd like to project. I, may, maybe, maybe Travelodge don't want to, um, in, in this day when, uh, you know, we're, the, the, many people are wary of migrants and chances, maybe they don't want to promote the image of being a place where chances can just turn up um, and get helped by the management. Maybe, maybe that's it. I don't know. 
But, um, uh, the, the, the Travelodge, you should be, um, uh, literally, someone should go to where Trudy works today. Four, four handsome, buff young men, um, and they should have, like, a throne that you carry. A sedan chair, is that what's the... Is yes. That what's the they should have a sedan chair. They should put a, a crown on her, uh, sit her on the sedan chair, whether she wants to or not, and parade her around, uh, and then give her a few quid as well to say, well done. That's what I would suggest. 03459 455 Five double five is the telephone number. Um, who's that? Uh, oh, Fifi, do you want to read Fifi's text? Have you got that? Yeah, what, what? We're asking what's in your car, guys. What's in your car? She's got a lot. Fifi in her... Hang on. Where is Fifi's text? About three down, I can see. I'll read it then. Hang on, got it. In my car right now, a set of disco lights, a smoke machine, oh. a minion, a jar of decent coffee because the one at work is awful, yep. a box full of dressing up clothes and oh. most probably a dried up banana skin. Well, the, I mean, first of all, the dried up banana skin, are you hoping to smoke that? <laughs> Secondly, what kind of dressing up clothes are they? Are they for parties or are they for parties? parties. A party in the bedroom. Um, um, I've given my um, cleaners an Eiffel recently. An There's Eiffel? a dressing up Go outfit. on, clean that, the Eiffel Tower. There's Open a dressing it. up outfit hanging on the back of my bedroom door, yeah. which I'm sure they think is uh, being used for a lot more fun purposes than it will be. Cheeky, and what is it? Well. Oh, well, hang on a minute, we stumbled on What is it? It's a Marie Antoinette costume. It's a really short one. Oh, off with their heads. Well, uh, she uh, minion. Of course, everyone's got uh, everyone's got me. If you've got uh, children, you'll have minions in your car. That that goes without saying. The thing I get from Fifi is um, she's tight, really tight, because mm. she's got the uh, posh coffee in the car. She's keeping it in the car. She's keeping it in the car, so she gets a, a posh coffee. And if any of her workmates see her fingering her coffee, then they'll get one. But she's keeping it to herself, yeah. tight. Yeah. Mean. A little bit, yeah. Very, very mean. That uh, Very mean. Very mean person. Good to know we've got mean listeners. 03459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Now, people illegally subletting in Aylesbury Vale are being given the chance to hand in their keys and avoid jail. The Vale of Aylesbury Housing Trust is holding an amnesty from tomorrow to reduce the number of tenancy fraud cases. Katrina Robinson is chair of the Tenancy Fraud Forum and joins me now. Morning, Katrina. Good morning, Ian. Is this going to make a difference? It will make a difference. Um, Generally speaking, housing associations and local authorities don't get back a whole bunch of properties when people um, have amnesties. But what it does is it raises awareness. So even if you only get back three or four properties, that, of course, makes a difference to people who have been on the housing waiting Mm. list for a very long time. How many do you reckon, how many illegal lets or sublets or whatever do you reckon there are in uh, Aylesbury Vale? Generally speaking, the problem tends to be more prevalent in the larger cities, for example, like Birmingham or London. But with my work with the Tenancy Fraud Forum, it's quite clear that there are a significant number of properties sublet across the whole country. And generally speaking, the Tenancy Fraud Forum estimate that around 17% of housing stock across the whole country is subject to tenancy fraud. Um so how does it? How long does it go on for? And why do these? Why should these people who are breaking the law get off with it? Well, you're absolutely right. Why should they get off with it? But of course, the the good thing about the amnesties is that again, it raises awareness. And when the amnesty has run out, then because rain, awareness has been raised and more uh, referrals will be coming in to people like the Vale of Aysbury Housing, Housing Trust then they will be able to get properties back and take criminal or civil action against those people. But you're not going to take people against the people that come forward in the amnesty, so why should they get away with it? Because, because it does, as I say, raise awareness. 
if the amnesty wasn't in place, then it might have been something that's been sublet for such a long time that it'd be very, very difficult to find the evidence to get the property back. The most important thing is to get vacant possession of the properties and to give those to people that have been desperately in need of housing and to form communities. Uh, is it because you haven't got a clue who's doing this or where it's going on? Because if you did, then the, the old bill will go around. You're, you're, you're kind of whistling in the dark here, aren't you? Well, it is, it is a criminal offence. The local authorities are the people who prosecute for themselves and on behalf of the housing associations. It is difficult at this stage to get the police involved with it, it must be said. Um, because the local authorities are the prosecuting the prosecuting bodies. But, but the local authorities don't have any idea how, how many properties this involves, how many people this involves, or indeed where they are, because they would go and prosecute. Well, they, they would and they do. But in the case of amnesties, if one person comes forward and gives back one property, one hopes that at least 100, 200 people will then think, oh, this is subletting, this isn't on, I know someone else is doing it. Most of, our, most of our members who were social landlords, when they've had amnesties, they had few properties returned to them, but then they noticed a very, very big increase in referrals after the amnesty was finished. What do you mean referrals? But that people saying, I think something's going this on is, next door. Yeah. So, this, so, this, so again, is, that confirms what I was saying, that, that, that local, local authorities, housing authorities, they don't know. They don't know. They are entirely dependent on people phoning up and um, dobbing in their neighbours because they haven't got a clue. Not, not entirely dependent. We, get, we, we uh, find out about subletting for a whole bunch of reasons. People making housing benefit claims who aren't the tenants, um, housing officers going around, people doing the gas checks thinking that's not quite right. There's locks on all the bedroom doors. So there's a whole range of reasons. The police tell us if they go around for antisocial behaviour reasons. So there's a number of ways. Amnesties are just one of those ways that we increase the number of referrals that come. Okay. But again, so, I'm sorry to push this point, but um, okay. you, keep, you seem to keep dodging it. The, the councils don't have a clue unless someone else tells them. And that's, that's kind of the beauty of this crime, isn't it? But, but, the, but the someone else could be someone who's employed by the local authority. I mean, of course they wouldn't know. Um, the police wouldn't have a clue if somebody was, um, uh, you know, smoking drugs in a property unless they happened to go around there or somebody told them. Our housing officers and the Vale of Oesby Housing Trust housing officers will go around and think, well, I don't recognise this person. So, there's, as I say, there's a number of ways that we find out about subletting. What about the people who are subletting and don't realise that they're doing anything illegal? You mean the sub the, the subtenants? Yeah, the subtenants. Well, they're not the ones who are subject to a criminal offence, of course. The people who move into a property um, and sublet it, a social landlord's tenant, are not committing a criminal offence. And often they will lose their deposits. They'll be turfed out um, at short notice when you know when the plot is uncovered. So it's it's very unfortunate for them. It must be said. Most social landlords will give those people advice and guidance about what to do. To what get happens to those property. residents? Because I'm assuming that they are. Uh, uh, where, where are they? Where are they supposed to go? Well, if they if they have a need for social housing, then they would go to the local authority who would rehouse them. Well, eventually, they, <laughs> eventually, because we know that that ain't working at the moment because there's not enough social houses. So these these poor innocent people um, yeah. who are you know just want somewhere to live that is affordable, they're not going to get somewhere to live that's affordable. Well, what they would have to do would be go and rent on the open market. But which, which, is, which is unaffordable for a significant yeah. number of people, obviously. But, but, but people who sublet, sublet their properties at a market rent. They don't sublet them at the cheaper rent. So, for example, if we rented one of our properties to somebody in Kensington and Chelsea for £100 a week, it would be sublet for anything for £600 a week yeah, upwards. Yeah, but, but, it's, pro but it's, it's, it's often, as you said, it's often just rooms that are rented, which are much more affordable than, than, than flats, aren't they? 
No, it's, it's, it's not. Subletting means it's the entire property that's been sublet. Yeah, but 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 you would but you could sub but you could sublet a room. You say, you could, you say you've got three rooms. You could sublet those three rooms to, to three different families. Yes, but the rent that which would be more rent, affordable than renting a whole flat. Yes, but the rent that those people would be paying would be the same rent that they would be paying if they rented a room legally through another landlord who was a bona fide landlord. So what I'm saying is that people who are unfortunate enough to be caught up in the sublet trap um, will be paying the same amount of money to the social landlord's tenant as they would if they rented well, a even, Always, even if, even if um, you know, a three-bedroom property has, has got four or five families in, because they, they often, you know, they, they kind of double up or they use rooms that aren't bedrooms, so um, they will be renting out more rooms than they actually have. That's, that's actually not our experience. It tends to be that houses or flats are let out to individual families. I just wonder why you mentioned locks on, on different doors then. What was that a reference to? Well, because that does happen. That, you know, so, that yeah, does exactly. Happen. That's the point I'm making. It does happen, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. it does happen, but I say it's rare. That's just one of the things that we, that we notice, you know, when we... Okay. One of the tips. There's quite a few others as well. OK. Well, it's, uh, you know, housing is a massive problem. Let's hope... Uh, Everybody gets what they need. Katrina, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Thanks for kind of kicking it around with me. Katrina Robinson, chair of the Tenancy Fraud Forum, 03459 455 555 is the telephone number, 81333. Start your text 3CR if um, you want to. Cliff Richard is um, is giving it large, isn't it? He's back in action. He's back in action. Now, where was there was a... Re- oh, the sun. OK, the sun has got a... Um, if you want to do a cliff pun, careful. You can do. This This cliff pun doesn't make any sense. It doesn't work. It makes sense, but it doesn't work, right? First Night Review by Ali Farrell, showbiz reporter. So Cliff Richard got a one-minute standing ovation last night before his first UK performance since he was quizzed over child sex claims. The congratulations singer put on a cheesy show at the Symphony Hall wow. in Birmingham. In a glittering silver blazer and matching shoes. Okay, fair enough. After a rendition of New Ballad Golden, he awkwardly shook his hips to a cover of Chuck Berry's Roll Over Beethoven. Um, Cliff, who is 75 next month, looked frail and coughed regularly between songs. He revealed he'd been in the US a lot recently, saying, "Um, you know, um, kind of anonymous over there, you know. (laughs) Oh, it's Paul McCartney. Yeah. it's, it's funny, as I've always had an inkling to be a celebrity in America. Well, that ain't going to happen. Um, so the headline is, right, Congratovation. Oh, wow. <laughs> Con- congratovation. I would call it Missed You Night. Oh, there we go. Let, we, can, we can do cliff puns. Tread carefully for crying out loud. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's very busy on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. It's also very slow in Brickettwood at the M25 Junction 21A roundabouts and the A10 southbound in Chesson is slow as well, approaching the M25 at Junction 25 for Enfield. In Blackthorn on the A41 there is uh, queues in both directions at the railway bridge on the border of Buckinghamshire. So because of the roadworks there, the temporary traffic lights at Heath Bridge near Blackstone Farm are stuck on red so it's causing delays both ways. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The lawyer representing a woman treated as a domestic slave in Milton Keynes claims she was left by the police outside a hotel. The go-ahead's been given for doctors to carry out the UK's first womb transplants and people illegally subletting in Aylesbury Vale are being told to hand in their keys and avoid jail. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Wickham atop of League Two after beating 10-man Cambridge 1-0 at Adams Park. Michael Harriman scored the winner after Gary Thompson had missed a penalty. His manager, Gareth Ainsworth. I say I thought I really deserved that tonight. It wasn't a, it wasn't a game that hinged on a red card for me. It was, uh, it was a game that we were knocking on the door, even in the first half for the last 20 minutes of the first half, knocking on the door, kept knocking on the door, and eventually, uh, you know, we, we managed to open it, albeit a fantastic strike from Michael Harriman. But... Um, Thought we had many chances and uh, the scoreline uh, probably could have been a bit more for us. Luton are up to 11th after a third successive win, 3-1 at Morecambe. Luke Wilkinson, Cameron McGeehan and Jonathan Smith scored for John Still's side. We, we lack at the start of the season is sharpness because the work we do is heavy. Uh, and when we put the power to that, the longer the season goes, we're going to need the power. You know, I'm really you know hopeful that we'll, 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 we'll have a good season this season. But... You know, it's still a long way to go. We've done okay today. I'm not getting over the top of it, but we've played well. I mean, we've played well and we've won well. So, but Stevenage remained 20th after a third successive defeat. Teddy Sheringham's side lost 2-0 at home to Mansfield. Very happy with my squad that I've got. I have been saying all along that I would like to, to add one or two, and that's that is still the same. But um, in the majority, I'm um, still still quite optimistic and still quite pleased with what I've got. In the Champions League, there were defeats for both Chelsea and Arsenal. Chelsea lost 2-1 away to Porto, whilst Arsenal lost for the second time. 3-2 at home to Olympiacos, his manager Arsene Wenger. It leaves us in a bad position, but we are still in it. You know, uh, we have to, uh, of course, uh, think that uh, we can deal with Zagreb and with Olympiacos, even away from home. And uh, we have to make a result in our next game against Bayern at home. But uh, we are not out of it. Tonight, Manchester City visit Borussia Mönchengladbach with Manchester United at home to another German side, Wolfsburg. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at eight. True story. Morning, Irene. Good morning, Ed. <laughs> Good morning, my darling. How are you? All right. Did you go to your Squeeze concert last I night? I did not go to my Squeeze concert last night, unfortunately. In fact, get me Paul Scoins on the telephone because I had I had other business I had to attend to, Irene. So instead... Oh, right. So you didn't get there. I didn't get there, but Paul Scoins, the BBC... You know Paul Scoins is, do you? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's... I know you all. Yeah. Oh, do, oh, do you? Yeah. Uh, who, who's your favourite then? Um, 
Well, my favourite—he's not around no more. But uh, you, you could say, well, okay, you can say that. Who do you cling to from the old, the glory days the of Three Counties? Uh, Justin, I like you, Justin Dealey. Yeah, he's not dead. Ah, uh, no, he's not. No, um, the other one, uh, Martin. Ma- Martin Coot. Yeah, Cootsie. and, and uh, Toby. Toby Friedner. Yeah. He's still... He's, well, he's in the office all the time. I know he's still around, yeah. No. Toby Friedner was your favourite presenter on BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, he came to my house because I was Three oh. Counties hero. Three, what did you do to be a Three Counties hero? I um, missed this. Go on. Work. Oh. Oh, Justin, no. No, flip it. Oh, when anyway, if Justin um, ever recovers, and fingers crossed, you know, he's, we, we, although he has... Um, I, I noticed he's hired the services of a witch doctor, so I'm guessing things, you know, are looking pretty... Uh, Don't be oh, rude. That, that's good. Anyway, anyway, Aaron, what you got for us? Um, yeah, you, you just had somebody on about the housing and yeah. about what they do. Yes, we did. Now, the council are so... Council and housing uh, associations, they are all wrong. Oh. And it's wrong what they said to you. They do not check. I lived in Thurston and next door to... I lived in a bungalow in, and... Yes. There was a, a, a bungalow next to me and then a, ha- a house. And there were, first of all, there was one foreign gentleman moved into Uh-oh. the Uh-oh. house. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, the yeah, next yeah. minute there were six people and uh, they caused a lot of problems as yeah. well as drugs and everything else. Yes. You tell the housing association they didn't want to know. Big troubles happened there. Big trouble is um, China. Big tr- they weren't well, Chinese, were they? I would say big troubles because the, the one drug person, he had ammunition and he had... He what? Ammunition? Um, you know what I would say. What, guns? Anyway, I, because of that, I told them and asked them to talk it out. No, a housing association didn't. In the end, I had to move to where I am now after 14 years because yep. Yep, nothing yep. was done. Yep, yep. It, it, it he came, took yeah. one person away, yeah. brought them back. Yeah. Took them away, put them back. Here's a question for you, Irene. What's that? What's the point of Bruce Springsteen? What's the point of him? Yeah. I personally don't like No, him. nor do I. I don't get it. I don't get the growl. You know he's literally four foot seven. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. That's true. You, know you ain't seen me. <laughs> well, well, you, well, but maybe you and Springsteen can get together and be lovers. Stay there a second. <laughs> Paul Scoynes. No, no. Morning. Hello. Paul, say hello to Irene. Hello, Irene. Hi, darling. How are you? You're not one of her favourites, Paul. Her favourite presenter at BBC Three Counties Radio is Toby Friedner. Oh, well, no. Can... I like all of you. Who can blame her? It's a, it's a great choice. It is a, I like where, all of you. Where would you, if you listen? I want you to I want you to rank Paul Scoynes for me, right? I want you to I want you to rank him for me, right? Rank him and be hard. Oh, I like Right. Well, in the top twenty of in the top twenty of people who appear on Three Counties Radio, Irene, where would you put Paul Scoynes? Um, in the top twenty, about ten. Mm. <laughs> I'll take that. Thanks. Yeah, that's not Martin as bad as I all thought. Justin, Toby, um, Big George used to be there. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh be lovely, so Big George. Going yeah. back quite well. <laughs> you, are, you are old, aren't you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you want to celebrate my birthday next month? <laughs> what, you invited me to a private party? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll bring a succession of wigs and we can dress up and have fun until the sun rises. <laughs> now, Paul, you went to my uh, squeeze concert last night. I did, yeah. And Irene wants to know, was it any good? 
It was great. Yeah, it was brilliant. They were, oh, right. they were, they were, they were wonderful. I, 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 I'm very, very glad I went. It was, um, it was, yeah, about just, just over two hours, um, and it was, it was excellent. They were, it was a fully charged set. You know, you, they, they were clearly enjoying themselves. You know, you did you, Paul? Did you actually go? Because you're doing that thing when, like, yeah. all your mates at school have been allowed um, to, to stay up <laughs> to watch Enter the Dragon, right? But your mum and dad haven't let you watch Enter No, you're going to bed. Oh, mum. And then the next day in school, everyone's talking about Enter the Dragon, right? Oh, and it was brilliant, right? When the, when um, hand, he takes his hand off and he puts on the metal claw, right? And he just scratches it and he's in the Hall of Mirrors. And you're still there going, yeah, I like... What was your favourite bit, Paul? Um, the, the, I like the fight. I like the bit when he did the kick. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Give me a specific thing that happened. Uh, well, uh, uh, Paul Young got up on stage. What? And did a, with a gun. Did a, um... Paul Young got up on stage with a gun at a squeeze concert. This is a, this is breaking news. <laughs> Do you hear that, Irene? Paul Young got yeah, got, got boosted up and ran on stage with a gun, firing shots randomly into the audience. Oh my god! This is outrageous, Paul. Oh dear. Luton's Paul Young, yes, local and vocal. <laughs> <laughs> he was. Well, at least um, they still yeah. keep going. Well, at least they still kept going, Irene. Like, but, but, but I bet I bet Squeeze have never had Toby Friedner around their house. <laughs> no, I have. I tell you what, Irene, and I know we've just woken you up, Paul, and you're you're a good sport. Although you did get those tickets for free, so you kind of owe me. Hang fact, on, what? Yeah. So, um, what we're going to do? Paid, I've paid you that money, though. Just to prove that you went there. Hmm. Oh, hang on, what? Just to prove that you weren't there, Paul, could you do us a little favour? Uh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome singing Cool for Cats with Squeeze? It's Paul Scoines. You've missed, you've missed the first. Right, we'll start again. Hang on a second. Milton Keynes, would you be loud and proud as we welcome to the stage Squeeze with new vocalist, Mr. Paul Scoines and Cool for Cats? Right, you don't know that song at all, do you? No, right. I don't. Okay, hang on a second. Okay, we're trying on it. Ladies oh, and gentlemen of Milton Keynes, would you please welcome to the stage with Squeeze, their new singer, Mr. Paul Scoynes, as they sing the classic bedroom hit of the junction. Some stress and how did you know this yesterday? And well, now you today you don't know it. I did exactly the same thing that they were doing last night. All of them had, they all had like laptops in front uh, of them. And you thought, oh. oh, right, either they're bidding on eBay or they can't <laughs> remember the names that they're, uh, of the songs they're singing. So yesterday you were reading the lyrics of the song? Yeah, yeah, mate. Oh, yeah. I listened to you, Frank Sinatra. Catherine, you were right. You... I told you he knew the words, but not the not the tune. Can you believe that, Irene? Paul Scoynes uh, is a chancer. I'm 20 now. Sorry. <laughs> I knew the tune. So, so you didn't know the bit where it goes. Of... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Irene, has he dropped down your ranking now? Yes. What about number 15? Yes. Yeah, makes sense. Thank you, Irene. Ta-ta. Bye-bye. Thank you, Paul. Hey, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You were right, he was reading the words. You could tell when he tried to take you to the bridge. (laughs) (laughs) This bit. I'm gutted I couldn't go last night. I wonder if they took the gig outside. You keep, I mean. I never.
it would happen. I don't know this song particularly well at all. I prefer um, 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 what's the one where they've got the bendy guitars and they're in the the same uh, house that um, Lenny Henry filmed the advert for Smith Square Crisps. It's weird. That's, you know the house where everything gets smaller. Yeah. That one they filmed. It. Anyway, it don't matter. Um, oh three four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. We've not mentioned Corbyn. I listened. I was uh, a lovely afternoon yesterday. Sat in my back garden. It was very hot. Um, watching the dog run around and get on my nerves. Get on my nerves. I'm not a dog person. I've decided. So it's you, a bit late now, isn't no, it? No, it's not. You, I think you get like a year. I've listened to to the consumer. You get a year, and you can you can just give it back, and get some of the cash back as well, which would be awesome. So anyway, I sat in the back garden, listening to a bit of Corbyn. I thought I'll have a little listen to Corbyn. Um, um, he was quite funny. He was making jokes and everything. He seemed like a nice bloke. He seemed didn't like he? a nice bloke. And I'm trying. I was having a little bit of uh, a discussion with uh, local MP Gavin Shuka. Because Gavin Shuka, he never mentioned the whip. He didn't mention the whip when he said that you'd have to vote with what you're told to vote. Well, that's the whip. If you mentioned the whip, I'd know about the whip. Anyway. And I was hoping Gavin would answer the question, as I'm hoping all Labour MPs would answer. Uh, which bit of Corbyn's um, um, uh, ideas don't you like? Is it the um, getting um, uh, respect for people with mental health issues? Is it um, uh, helping uh, people on lower wages? Is it um, helping people from unscrupulous landlords? Or is it the fact that he thinks we should have a, a discussion on spending £100 billion on a nuclear defence system? Which of those things that, that does Gavin Shuker and the other MPs not like? Because, I mean... They, they they all sounded all right to me. They all sounded all right there to me. There must be other bits he's not telling there us. There must be the bits about killing the babies that he didn't mention in the speech. Eating puppies. Maybe it was maybe it was that bit about um, going up to um, cats and scraping their eyes out with spoons. Oh. Maybe maybe it was that bit because I would disagree with strongly. I would I would I would struggle to. I would struggle to vote that one in. Yeah. I mean, if there's a whip, I'd have to do it. But then he says he's encouraging, you know, he's encouraging people to come forward with other options. I so. just get. I'm not speaking about gaming specifically, but all of the. I just, I just, I just think it's going to turn nasty, and I think that there are going to be um, smiling people with knives in their hand. They're just waiting for him to fail, and uh, you know what? He probably won't last six months. He possibly won't last six months. I don't know. I just think if you're not sat at the top table, if you've got an invitation to sit at the top table or the kiddies table next door because they have a kiddies table as well. If you've got the invitation and you choose not to accept that invitation, well then you can't be serious about change because that's where you get to say, do you know what? I disagree with that and here's why I disagree with it. The thing is as well, what adds strength to your arm in the argument is that Corbyn would have disagreed and Corbyn would have voted with his conscience too. He's not going to force you to vote against it. I, d- I just, I struggle. Scott's, uh, we should have, yeah, you're right. I should have reminded this to Eileen. Scott has tweeted me, you should remind Eileen that snitches get stitches and end up in ditches. So, wow. I mean, it's, 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 it's very, very true words. Thank you, Scott. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Busy on the A1 now southbound from the uh, approaching the M25 uh, from South Mims towards Stelling Corner. On the A40 Western Avenue, it's really busy at the Denham Roundabout where it meets the M40 from the Hanger Lane Gyratory. And on the A41, a bit further afield in Blackthorn, it's very slow over the railway bridge at uh, the Heath Bridge and Blackstone Farm. On the M1 southbound, it's very slow between Junction 12 Flitwick and the Junction 10 for Luton Airport where the roadworks are and on the A1M southbound it's also looking busy there too on the speed sensors between Junction 9 for Letchworth and 8 for Hitchin. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you Sammy. 
7.45. It's a Wednesday, the 30th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The lawyer representing a woman treated as a domestic slave in Milton Keynes claims she was left by the police outside a hotel. The go-ahead has been given for doctors to carry out the UK's first wound transplant. And in last night's football, there were wins for Wickham and Luton, but defeat for Stevenage. Let's get the weather! Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Blue sky and sunshine across all three counties. High pressure continues to dominate. It's going to be nice and warm this afternoon as well, accompanied, however, by a brisk easterly breeze. But the temperature doesn't really reflect it. 18 Celsius, so still feeling really nice through the afternoon. Overnight, dry and clear. The wind eases down again overnight. So again, Humiston fog patches uh, for tomorrow morning. Minimum temperature 8 Celsius. And tomorrow, more of the same. Long spells of sunshine. The wind a bit lighter, so it's going to feel a bit warmer. And that's your forecast. Cheers, my dears. On BBC Four. Starting in the 70s, a countercultural movement changed the way music was made forever. It was a statement, this is what I want to do, and a lot of bands just put their own records out without even a record deal. From grassroots beginnings, a new DIY approach to making and sharing music gave rise to a whole new genre, indie. Such a fantastic distribution system. It wasn't just a sound, but an attitude and an ethos. It felt like it spoke to you, and it felt homemade. Music for Misfits, the story of indie with Mark Radcliffe, starts uh, Friday at 10 mm. on BBC4. Uh, huh? What's the matter? I just, What's know, that noise for? I'm, I'm really tired. I'm really tired, and I've got the kids today, and I'm just like, oh. Welcome to my world. It's relentless. Um, you can, if anyone could phone in and pick the holes in Corbyn's speech yesterday, because I thought he sounded passionate, I thought he sounded intelligent, he sounded relaxed. A couple of the jokes died on on their backsides. Uh, he's not a comedian, though, is he's he? He's not a comedian. Um, tell, just tell me, I didn't hear all of the speech, OK? I think I missed the first, like, it went off about an hour. I think I missed the first half an hour of it. Uh, it, it, but if you can phone in and tell me what from Jeremy Corbyn's speech yesterday makes you think, yeah, do you know what? I'm right. He's a complete and utter twit. That guy is dangerous. Which bit? Which bit is dangerous? I didn't get the dangerous bit. The wanting to have a discussion about spending a hundred billion pounds on Trident. Hundred billion pounds. We're right to have the discussion, aren't we, about it? Aren't we? What bit was dangerous? Was it the bit where he pla- he praised um, um, a small group of protesters and organisations that got that fella out of Guantanamo Bay? Was it that bit? Was it was it the bit when he was he was praising um, um, some smaller organisations that that uh, uh, help people escape persecution in other countries? Was it that bit? I, was it the bit where he said he wants to um, get rid of the stigma of mental health? Was it that? I, I, honestly, I'm sat there going, right, where's where's the bit where I'm supposed to think he's dangerous? No, can't can't hear it. Where's the bit where he's having a pop at? Um, was it the bit where he's having a pop at David Cameron for supporting the Saudi regime, where we make lots of money because we sell them weapons, and yet they do atrocious things to people? Was it that bit? I don't know. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Can you phone up and explain to me um, uh, from uh, Corbyn's speech yesterday? Where's the bit where I'm supposed to be? Where I'm supposed to hug my children close to me and say, "Don't worry, kids. He won't get in. We'll make sure of it." We'll vote. We'll, we, we, we'll make sure. We'll encourage all those Labour MPs to stab him in the back, kids. Don't worry. It's, he, the old man's not going to get it. Where, where was that bit? I didn't hear it. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Uh, are you more or less likely to volunteer depending on where you live? The manager of the Salvation Army in the Marlows in Hemel says she's struggling to attract volunteers in the town. That's despite having to turn people away from helping out at the other store in Leighton Buzzard. 
Tracy Beaumont is the manager of the Hemel and the Leighton Buzzard stores and joins me now. Morning, Tracy. Morning. So, How are why, you? Uh, I'm fine, thank you. Do we do we um, extract from this that people in Leighton Buzzard are nice and people in Hemel, Hemel are not nice? Oh, well, no. I, okay. I, obviously, I wouldn't want to put my hands up and say that because this is a desperate plea for all the nice people in Hemel Hemel. So, what's going on? Why? So, let's, let's 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 start with the Leighton Buzzard store. You got too many people wanting to come and help there. I've got an army, an absolute army of dedicated volunteers that come in day in, day out, week in, week out for the whole year, and they are fantastic. Um, In Hemel, I've had volunteer open days, I've had bits in the press, and for some reason or another, I've got two lovely volunteers that have been with me since I opened a year ago, and their dedication is fantastic. But it's just a small portion of the amount of hours the shop is open. Um. So, uh, I guess what? Any reason? Can you have you have you come to any conclusion why that's the case in Hemel? I I, I can't. No, I can't. I can't fathom it at all. I really can't. And it's such a shame. Okay. What? Well, tell us what the tell us what the um, job in inverted commas requires. What What do you need people to do? Because there might be some people listening in Hemel now or nearby who think, "Oh, hang on a minute, I've oh, I've got a few hours a, a week I can help out." What What do you need from people? Well, we we ask for a minimum commitment of four hours per week. Okay. And the jobs are varied. Um, uh, till cover is excellent if people want to improve their customer care skills. Yes. Um, there's obviously all the donations we have come in, they need to be sorted. First dibs. And processed and ready for going sale onto the shop floor. Yeah. Um, I'd love somebody who's really a bookworm that oh. keep on top of my books and oh. keep them in alphabetical order, etc. Um, and it's just really coming in, helping out, you know, having a cup of tea, a chat and... And socialisation as well, really. Tracy, Tracy, Tracy can, I, can I just ask yeah. for just one second? Just be quiet for one second. What the hell is going on in the background there? That's my dog, sorry, with her squeaky toy. <laughs> oh, is it a squeak? I, I thought I could hear a load of canaries or something. <laughs> She's got a squeak. Close the door. What, what? No, no, don't worry. It's good. What, what dog have you got? Um, she's just, she's a Heinz 57. There we go. Okay, well, she's having yeah. a good sweat. All right, yeah. fine. So, she you want, is, if, yeah. listen, if people want to, if people are listening and going, yeah, I can do some of that, and um, I've always sort of thought it would be, what, what a cool job to be that person that sits in the back room and gets to rifle through all the records and the books. Uh, how, yeah. how, how do they get in touch, Tracy? Uh, come, come in store, come in store, and um, we've got a small application form to fill in. It's nothing complicated at all. And um, especially young people that are maybe looking to do their Duke of Edinburgh award. Yeah, and, yeah, it all um, counts. Yes, it does. Um, young people with volunteering on their CV in are much likely to go higher on the pile than young people without any volunteering experience. That's. That's the Tracy, listen, let us know how it goes. It's the Salvation yeah. Army in the Marlows in Hemel. Just rock up yeah. there and try and have a word with Tracy. And, and if you can help out, that'll be awesome. I wish you the very best of luck. Thank you, Ian. Thank have you, a- Tracy. And you, fingers crossed. Craig, new texter, bias BBC. No, 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 no bias. No, well, maybe there is. I don't think there is any bias. I'm just trying to work out. If you read the narrative of all the, of the majority of the newspapers, 
Um, well, if, if the, the narrative of the newspapers and the Tory party since Corbyn has been elected is that he's dangerous, he's a threat to my kids. And I just listened to the speech, Craig. I'm guessing maybe you didn't. I couldn't find the bit in the speech that made me think, oh, my poor children. We've got to stop this man. I didn't hear it. I just heard a bloke that was passionate about things that, and he wanted to help people. Craig, 0345, can we give Craig a call? Give Craig a call and see if he'll... No, he's tweeted. I haven't got his number. Oh, is it a tweet? Yeah. No, it's a tweet. I thought it was a text. Sorry, the way the system's... All right, well, Craig, give us a call. 03459 455 555 and let us know which bit, Peter. Morning, Peter, by the way. Good morning. Which bit of the, of the speech yesterday made you think, oh, the poor children of the world, they're all doomed? Well, I've been, I've been um, embarrassed, if you like, by the media, really. Oh, go on. They're, well, they've attacked his shirt, his tie, yeah. his voice, his uh, suit, his jacket, uh, uh, ill-fitting jacket. Yeah. You name it, they've attacked him. Now, I think that's a real embarrassment to the media. Yeah. They have, they are so... They've been attacking him. They've been attacking him for who he had sex with in the 1970s. Oh, but uh, that's right. But, I mean, this bit, this is worse. This is much, much worse. Because if you look, all that's happened there... Yeah. ...is the Labour Party has moved to the left. When When they moved to the right and removed the left, no one said anything. Hang on, when they removed to the right and um, removed. Oh yeah, I said well, the, the Blair took the, the Blair. Left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lost the left, if you like. Yeah. Then no one said a word. The newspapers, the reporters, you hear it. They even the bias in the even in the media, the programs, the bias in some of the reporting is so bad. They don't realise they're doing it. Well, it does. I think they do realise that they're doing um, it. it. It does. Hello? Hello? It, hello? Yeah? Hello? 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 I'm here. Hello? I'm here. Hello? Oh, you're, you're, oh you can hear me because I can hear the radio. <laughs> <laughs> all, all right, Poirot. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it does. It, the, the reporting on Corbyn does seem to have sunk to a new level. You're right. It's a tax oh, about what it, he looks it, like. It's so there. low. It is so low. There's a semi. There's a small snake they can crawl under sometimes. Yeah, well, uh, Peter, I didn't get that last point, but thank you very much indeed. I'm just moving on. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five because I want to squeeze Josh in. Morning, Josh. Morning, Ian. What you got for us, boss? Um, terrible films, but with no awful actors, but with terrible. Oh no, yeah, I watched. Have you have you seen the Cube? Uh, I, I know about it. I know uh, it's it, it, not, it enough. Good. It's a brilliant film, but it, it's such really? a good premise. But it's the acting in it is atrocious. I mean, awful. Uh, this, well, this this film tops it. I'll tell you. Go on. It's a film called The Room. Have you heard of it? No, I'm not of The Room. Go on. What's it? Right. Right, so in. It's an absolute anomaly of a film. There's a guy called Tommy Wiseau. Tommy Wiseau. He directed it. He starred in it. He wrote it. He did everything. Yeah. He is the weirdest bloke ever to existed. Yeah. People think he's an android. Yeah. He's I'm, that odd. I'm, I'm um, on IMDb. And, <laughs> yeah. It gets, three, po- it gets 3.5 on IMDb. Yeah, it should be a 10. It is that good. It Go is on. brilliant. It's the basic plot is a love triangle. That's yeah. as basic as you can get. But the whole thing is just a convoluted mess. He, Tommy, he, no one knows where he's from and he's got yeah. these American ideals in his head. Yeah. And he thinks he thinks everyone in America plays American football. He thinks they all go out for coffee. So each scene in the film, it's like they took it's like they took the whole film and put it in a blender. And when they took oh. the bits of the blender out, 
he, that was the film. It's a, it's an absolute mess, but it's brilliant. It's he so looks funny. like a melted version of Gene Simmons from Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you need to hear his voice. His voice is the weirdest thing you've ever heard. Man, uh, now Josh, listen. This this film yeah. is. I'm looking. It's um. It's 99 minutes long. Are you yeah. sure? You're sure you're not winding me up? I'm. I'm telling you, Ian. If you watch it, yeah, you'll have a you'll have a phone in tomorrow to see who's watched it, so you can talk about it. All right. Well, we'll we can have the phone in. To, thank the Josh. I'm going to look at that. Maybe not today because I've got the kids, but maybe tomorrow. Uh, I want to settle down. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. If you've ever seen the room, you can uh, let me know about that. But also, good films where the acting is absolutely atrocious. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the trav. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1, it's slow southbound between Junction 12 for Flittick and 10 for Luton Airport through the roadworks. And the A1M is also very busy around Junction 9 for Letchworth to 8 for Hitchin. On the M25, it's slow now anti-clockwise around Junction 19 for Watford. And the A40 West Avenue that's very busy at the M40 at the Denham roundabouts. On the A41 in both directions between Kingswood and Launton coming out of Aylesbury towards Bicester, it's very, very slow there. There are queues in both directions at the railway bridge where the traffic lights are stuck on red. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much. I love it when the traffic lights are stuck on red. And I'm the first person to drive through. It's like, yeah, I, do you know what? I've done the maths. These lights are never going to change. I'm going through. And everyone's like, I'm always going to go through and they love it and they go through it. It doesn't beat, of course, when you approach a very busy junction and the traffic lights are broken. Lanarche! Lanarche! 03459 four double five five double five. What part of Corbyn's speech made you terrified? We'll talk more after the news with Simon. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock. The headlines claim that woman slave was left by police at Milton Keynes Hotel. Go ahead for UK womb transplants and wins for Wickham and Luton. Defeat for Stevenage. BBC Three Counties Radio. The lawyer representing a woman treated as a domestic slave in Milton Keynes claims she was left by the police outside a hotel. 39-year-old Pamela Turkey went on to take legal action against her employers and was awarded £180,000 in compensation. Thames Valley Police say they take safeguarding very seriously but won't comment on the case specifically. Victoria Marks, a solicitor with the Anti-Trafficking and Labour Exploitation Unit, says the police got involved after the family tried to stop the woman leaving. They chased after her and tried to stop her. That was when the police came involved and the police dumped her at a travel lodge hotel where a good Samaritan met her um, and helped her find her way to Callianne. Doctors have been given the go-ahead to attempt the first womb transplants in the UK. The procedure will be carried out on 10 women. If it's successful, the first British babies born from donor wombs could be delivered in 2017. David Cameron has announced that £25 million of foreign aid will be used to help build a new prison in Jamaica. It will be used to house Jamaican inmates currently detained in the UK. People illegally subletting in Aylesbury Vale are being told to hand in their keys and avoid jail. The one-month amnesty is being held from tomorrow to tackle tenancy fraud. More from Jessica Cooper. The Vale of Aylesbury Housing Trust says it's taking a bold step to tackle this problem, to send a strong message to criminals. 
Housing fraud can lead to a fine of up to £5,000 or prison for up to two years. Tenants must hand in their keys, make sure the property's empty and there's no rent to pay. The problem is estimated to have cost councils and housing associations close to £2 billion in 2013. An investigation is continuing into the cause of a fire that badly damaged part of a Hertfordshire private school. A boarding house at Bishop Stortford College caught fire in the early hours of yesterday morning. More than 60 pupils and staff were evacuated. The Information Commissioner has slapped a record £200,000 fine on a solar energy company which bombarded the public with millions of nuisance calls. The campaign was said to have made people's lives a misery. In sport, Wickham atop of League Two after beating 10-man Cambridge at Adams Park. Falls to Harriman. What a goal! What a goal by Wickham Wanderers! It's Michael Harriman, a right-footed half volley from 25 yards. Better with no chance. It's a top corner. Wickham Wanderers 1, Cambridge United 0. Luton are up to 11th after a third successive win, 3-1 at Morecambe with goals from Luke Wilkinson, Cameron McGeehan and Jonathan Smith. But Stevenage remained 20th after a third successive defeat. Teddy Sheringham's side lost 2-0 at home to Mansfield. The weather dry and sunny but breezy, a maximum temperature 18 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Simon busy show this morning. Lots to talk about. So, which part of Corbyn's speech yesterday um, actually made you think, yeah, he is a threat to our security? For God's sakes, jobs and the country is in danger. Because I listened and I didn't hear it. I, I, I didn't hear the first half an hour. Maybe it was in that bit. I didn't, I didn't hear the bit where I'm supposed to go, oh, he's a horrible socialist and we're all going to die. 03459 Uh Loads of stories about Brits abroad in the papers as well. And uh, we do, when we go abroad, there's something... We just generally act like complete and utter... Well, just... Um, I don't want to say dicks, but... Idiots, idiots. What do you what? I, was, I would say yobs. Yob, yobs, that's it, thank you, yeah. We, 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 we generally act... Terribly, I have been abroad so often and been um, embarrassed to see. Well, you know, if you're seeing a topless fat bloke walking down the high street and he's bright red, you know he's British. You know he's British. What is it? Your um, Brits are behaving badly. Stories, please. What's the point of dot dot dot? We still haven't found a use for Bruce Springsteen. And what's in your car? Oh three, four five nine, four double five, five double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Here we go. Lee B and MK. This is a strange uh, text. Morning, all. Ian, this is a little delayed, but the other day you said the Beatles were flawless. Did I say actually use the word flawless? I said they were, they were very good. They have flaws. Um, so I went back and dedicated my weekend to familiarise myself with the foursome again. Well done you. What a great weekend. Love Me Do is one of the most boring songs ever written. Is that the, is that the best? You spent the whole weekend listening to the... Get this, girls. You spent the whole weekend listening to the Beatles and the only boring track you could find was Love Me Do. Oh, plum. Thank you. You're plumly. Plumly. <laughs> plumly. Oh, three, four. Well, I'm glad you... Still, a nice way to spend a weekend. 
Oh three four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number if um, you want to give us a call. Ah, okay, onwards and upwards. Let me just click on this. There we go. The lawyer of a woman who'd been held as a domestic slave in Milton Keynes claims she was dumped at a travel lodge by police who should have protected her. The police picked up 39-year-old Pamela Turkey by chance. She was confused, doesn't speak English, and according to her brief, if it hadn't been for a good Samaritan who worked at the hotel, her story might never have been heard. Uh, as it was, she was able to get help from people like Catherine Kenny at a charity called Kalayan. Uh, Catherine joins me now. Morning, Catherine. Good morning. Uh, am I pronouncing that correctly? Kalyan. Yeah, I was not far off. Uh, that'll do yeah. for this time in the morning. <laughs> what does what does Kalyan do? It, 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 we work with migrant domestic workers in the UK, people that have come into the UK on a domestic worker visa. We provide um, basic legal advice on, on immigration and employment. We also provide a, a range of services um, such as a jobs notice board, English classes, um, helping them with the CV and, and other, other things. And we also campaign on the rights of domestic workers in the UK. Now, Pamela uh, um, was, was, was kind of being used as a slave. She's getting like an 11 pence an hour and the people she was working for controlled her money. Do do you come across many stories like that? We do, unfortunately. It's more common um, than than you would would like to hope. We we certainly do. And, um, okay, maybe that's more at the extreme end, but certainly we do come across a lot of cases ranging from the more extreme abuse where the domestic worker will be hit and, Mm. you know, slapped and, and um, made to, to uh, sleep on the floor in the kitchen and um, maybe not be paid at all in some cases and working really long hours, practically on call 24 hours. Two cases where maybe they're, they're, they don't receive the minimum wage, but they're, they're generally well treated. So it, it, the, the levels of abuse certainly um, you know, range across from, from extreme to, to um, less extreme. Those um, stories where people are treated incredibly badly, um, people can be working in those situations and working in the inverted commas for years. Why do they stay? Well, often they don't know their their rights. They're... uh, Working in a private household is very isolating. Um, so often they're not allowed out. They may come to the UK with little or no English. They may be working in a household where English is not spoken, though um, sometimes they can be working for UK employers as well. So they, they don't meet anybody. Often people find out about their rights in the workplace, in the workplace itself, sometimes through hearing from what other workers say. But in, in their case, obviously, they, they don't meet anybody else they're not really allowed out if they are allowed out it's only with the employer or with the employer's family um they're told not to speak to anybody in the event that they're allowed to the local supermarket um so they often have no idea they're coming from countries where there's no little or no employment rights Mm. so they assume that it's the same in the uk and they just go on for years and years years and sometimes as well they, they obviously they, they have families at home dependent on them and they're you know even if they get paid a, a tiny amount um, they, they don't want to risk losing that and being able to, to, to support their families in some way back in their home countries so and often there's a lot of fear of the employer yeah. especially if the employer has come from their own country they fear maybe the implications for themselves or their families back in the home country if they were to leave 
the employer. I just think this is insane that this happens in Britain in 2015. And, yeah, a lot of people, it's, it's kind of unimaginable. Mm. Um, and there are, you know, as I say, there are lots of, of cases like that, unfortunately. Is it easy to prosecute the, um, you know, the dodgepot employers that are putting people through this? How, how um, user-friendly is the legal system in cases like this? It, it's not a lot, uh, not very user friendly, and certainly the case that, that that you mentioned, this very high profile case now, would not happen if this lady arrived in the UK today because of the of uh, the changes in the law in 2012, which in effect ties uh, domestic workers to their employers. They're not allowed to change employer, and they're not allowed to renew their visa. So if if they leave the employer, they, they risk put, putting themselves in a situation where they're becoming, they, they become undocumented. So they either stay, with, stay in abuse or become undocumented. So it's very difficult for those um, domestic workers uh, to actually take any action against their employer. Um, and even with people that are on the uh, under the old system, yeah. uh, to legal aid, um, etc., have made yeah. it quite difficult um, for them to take action against. And also, their if it's employer. not if English isn't, they don't speak English particularly well or at all. They've got nowhere to go. The whole thing, <clears throat> excuse me, the whole thing can be uh, incredibly daunting. Absolutely, it's it's very difficult. And and if you're a domestic worker and you know you you know that you have to stay with this employer and you take the chance of running away because of the abuse and you go to a, you know you're not going to go to a police station. You're not going to do the normal things that maybe uh, other people will do because you're so afraid of being of being sent back. How did you get involved with this charity, Catherine? Well, I've worked um, in various, you know, human rights organisations in the past and, and um, I was working on a project in university on domestic workers and, and um, came to it from that, basically. OK, it's, it's fascinating stuff. If people want to find out more about you uh, and the charity, where, where do they go? Um, they can contact, contact us directly and we often get approached by members of, of the public um, who are trying to help domestic workers. So certainly if, if somebody is, is, um, has concerns about somebody that they believe is working in a domestic household but not treated very well, we are always happy to, to hear from them. Or more generally, if people want to find out about our work, um, we're a London-based charity. We're based in West London. But our telephone number is 02 uh, is 07 Hang on, do, do that again because I, I got a bit confused. Go do it one more time. Uh, sorry, I beg your pardon. <laughs> <That's all right. laughs> uh, Brilliant. All right, listen, keep up the good work. I really appreciate oh, That's my microphone. Okay. I appreciate you talking to us this morning. Thank you very much indeed. Um, and what incredible, uh, Catherine Kenny, that, what an incredible story. That's Britain we're talking about. 2015. People being, you know, coming over. Oh, you've got a job. Yeah, you've got a job. What is the job? Well, basically, you, you, you sleep on the kitchen floor, don't give you any money, and I beat the hell out of you, and you clean my house. You up for it? Yeah, sounds great. It's mad, isn't it? Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Jason's in Milton Keynes. Morning, Jason. Good morning. How you doing, Ian? I'm all right, thank you, boss. What you got? Well, basically, it's about what you were saying about... Um um, Corbyn. Oh yeah, I only no, listen. I only heard the second half of the speech. Oh, hang on, I only heard the second half of the speech. Which, which is the, which is the bit of the speech where I'm supposed to be terrified? The bit where he tells the truth. Uh oh, because I can't handle the truth. I can't handle the <laughs> yeah. truth. That's what we're not supposed to be able to handle, mate. So it's you know it's very scary, isn't it? Well, which 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 truths were, was he was he saying that that that, that uh, made you uncomfortable? All of it, mate. I was really scared. I, I you know I was fearing for my life to be honest. 
I, I'm suspecting, Jason, that there was very little fear going on. No, there wasn't any fear in there, mate. But that's what the media want you to think, because they control people by fear, isn't it? So The best the, best the son have got um, is Corbyn's speech written in the 1980s. Jeremy Corbyn's top-thumping Labour conference speech yesterday was written in the 1980s and rejected by every leader since Neil Kinnock. Large chunks of his rhetoric in Brighton were lifted from a long-ignored piece by a speechwriter, Richard Heller. Mr. Cor... Hang on, here we go. This is a good one, Jay. you like this. Okay. Mr. Corbyn launched into a Marxist rant dividing the UK into the oppressed many against the rich few. I don't... I didn't get that. What, well, the, the bit that they may be referring to is where he said that um, uh, David Cameron had gone against a pre-election pledge to not um, get rid of um, child tax credits, and then he got rid of them, um, while um, changing the rules in inheritance tax, which affects 60,000 people. That... I, I mean, I don't know... If that's Marxism, then I guess I'm a Marxist. Well, so am I. <laughs> Like, it is laughable, to be honest. It is laughable to think they want you to believe out there. And, the, 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 Jason, listen, thank you very much for that. So far, they've attacked his, 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 uh, who he slept with and what he looks like and what songs he chooses to sing or not sing, right? Yesterday, we got a real glimpse into what he actually stands for. And, well, the, the, the front page of The Sun, it's got a tiny little thing. It goes to page six and seven. Let's have a little look. Um... Uh, what he said is he did mention austerity, he did talk about IS, he did talk about scrapping Trident, he did mention the refugee crisis, um, and it's got a list of things he didn't say. What he didn't say, anything about Tony Blair. What? Why Why would he say that? Anything about the European Union? Well, they, they said that they, they're going to campaign to stay in, we know that. Why Labour suffered an election drub- drubbing? Why? Well, I mean, is that really for him to say? Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. After hearing yesterday's Corbyn speech, how terrified of him are you now? Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's been an accident in Milton Keynes on Standing Way, so it's partially blocked eastbound between the Brinklow Roundabout and the Kingston Roundabout. It's affecting people travelling between Milton Keynes and the M1. It's slow on the M1 southbound between Junction 12 for Flitwick and 10 for Luton Airport. And in North Watford on the A41, it's looking very busy at the moment at the Dome Roundabout. And nearby on the M25 anti-clockwise, it's slow from Junction 17 for Maple Cross to 16 for the M40. And it's busy on the M40 at the Denham Roundabout where it meets the A40. It's looking very slow there past North Holt and Green Hertford as well heading into London. There's on the train departure boards the 8.34 service from Bedford to London has been delayed. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. So go on then, after hearing uh, Jeremy Corbyn's speech, has it changed your opinion of him? And what were the bits that we're supposed to be scared of? Because apparently I'm supposed to be scared of him. And what I heard... Sounded all right. Sounded all right. It sounded like, um, oh, it sounded like an opposition party at last. He came out and he, he dissed David Cameron. And, and that's what the opposition is supposed to do. If I've missed something, I'd love to hear from you. Genuinely, 03459 555. A lot of Corbyn haters. Uh, give me a call. How did yesterday um, back up your anti-Corbyn stance? 
Right, 8.17, BBC Three Counties Radio. These are your news headlines. The lawyer representing a woman treated as a domestic slave in Milton Keynes claims she was left by the police outside a hotel. The go-ahead's been given for doctors to carry out the UK's first womb transplants. And in last night's football, there were wins for Wickham and Luton, but defeat for Stevenage. Three Counties Sport. Saturday sees all our teams in action. We'll bring you commentary on Watford. Very, very, really exciting to lead this team because it's very... MK Dons. Opportunity, Murphy, 1-1. Josh Murphy. Luton. Rolls it in for McGeehan, who can't take the chance. Marriott does, though. Marriott does. And Stevenage. And Hitchcock. The response is immediate from Stevenage as Hitchcock rises. As well as keeping you up to date with Wickham. Right foot in effort. Goal. Wickham Wanderers on the counter-attack. Three Counties Sport. Saturday from 2 here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, Daz says Corbyn gets a tiny amount of the gutter press that other leaders like Farage receives. Uh, well, I don't. Well, he's only been in the job for two weeks. Has he had it for two weeks? He's had a pretty good drubbing. Uh, Farage gets. Well, the, the Farage thing is interesting, all right, because there were was one side of of, of uh, um, the British people saying, well, it, the, the, all these attacks on Farage are unfair. And then there are other other sides saying, "Well, hang on a minute, if Farage, considering the size of the party and the number of MPs he's got, he's getting way too much press. So you're never going to please everybody." I would suggest that I would suggest that Corbyn's probably getting a similar amount of uh, of, of drubbing that Farage got. He's only been here for two weeks. You wait, plenty more time to come for that. Oh uh, three four five nine four double five five double five. Dennis is in Dunstable. Morning, Dennis. Good morning, Ian. What you got for us, boss? I don't know. I've just rung up. I said. Young lady asked me to ring you, but I said, before I put my foot in the trap, what are yeah. we talking about? <laughs> right. Well, what, 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 have you got nothing to say? We, we, can, we can just move oh, on. Mr Corbyn. Yes. Mr Corbyn, yeah. He's, I think uh, he won't last out till I'm 91. Well, no, I, I don't think you'll last out till you're 91. But... Oh, no, I've got to, no, no, this is an extra urge to uh, last out. <laughs> OK. To it. Did you hear any of his speech? No, thank. Well, no, a little dribbins here and there, but then he's like all politicians. He's a line sod, because they either it's either by omission or commission. They either don't tell you the whole truth or they tell you an outright lie. So in both cases, they're liars. I wouldn't trust any of them, as far as I could throw them. I wouldn't go across the street to wet on them if they're on flame. Okay, well, but 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 that so that's not anti-Corbyn specifically. That's just anti-politics. It's, it's anti-politics. Yes. Because if he comes in, yeah. with, with the, he'd probably get rid of the Queen. We'd have a politician. Well, no, politi- no, 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 hang on, hang on a minute, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. This, and this is the problem. He's not said he's going to get rid of the Queen. No, no, but he's, he's a Marxist, so obviously... Well, hang on, well, I, don't know, I, 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 I don't know what a Marxist is, OK? Well, he's similar to the Russian lot, the Russian Revolution. Which, tell me which bit of the... <laughs> tell me which bit <laughs> of co- what Corbyn stands for is similar to the Russian lot. He's a, pol- he's a politician to start with. He's a right. He's a very, very left, and that they go onwards from there. All right. So he wants to build. in Russia, and I'm just saying. Just when when we Russia. have no royalty, no matter how it goes, we're going to have a president, which is another he's bloody not, politician. But again, you're extrapolating from nothing. Okay, let's go through some of it. Yesterday, he said he wants to build a hundred thousand council and housing association homes a year. Yes. Is that a good or a bad idea? Where's the money coming from? Right, uh, 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 we'll get there in a minute. Is that, in principle, a good or a bad idea? Uh, is it a good idea? Uh, council houses, 
Yeah, I suppose we need some we need some houses. Unfortunately, we need loads of houses. Yeah, I know, but we wouldn't need as many if we wouldn't let as many people into the country in the first place. Oh, for God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dennis. Well, Sorry, let, listen, it's one of those strapping let's, Incidentally, let's... you did say you were having something down in the town, weren't you? The Luton Museum, I mean... A... The, the Luton Library Theatre, October the 17th, yes. Yes. Well, are you any tickets left? There, there are one or two. I haven't got any comps, otherwise I'll get you a comp. A comp? A comp. Comp, yes. A comp. I haven't got any comps. Oh, so if you're coming, you've got to pay for it. That's all right. All right, we'll get, get we'll, we'll get on the phone to them and sort it out because it's going to sell out in the next couple of days. All right. Yes. Okay. If you if you I tell you, Dan, if you come down, I'll get you up on stage. You get a round of applause. No fear. Okay. Good luck. What? <laughs> you butler? Oh three four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. Right. Uh, people illegally subletting and but to say there's no housing problem. Um, well, there is a story that proves otherwise. People illegally subletting in Aylesbury Vale are being offered the chance to avoid jail by handing their keys in as part of an amnesty. For one month, starting tomorrow, the Vale of Aylesbury Housing Trust is encouraging people committing tenancy fraud to come forward. Well, Michael Driscoll is the tenancy services manager from the trust and is in charge of the amnesty. Michael, how, how big is this problem then? Uh, hi, Ian. Uh, thanks for giving us the opportunity to um, have a discussion about our, our amnesty. Uh, yeah. um, how, how widespread is it? Um, well, obviously, you can see from our, our press release. Um, I've not seen the press release. Yeah. I've not seen the press release. I don't like reading them. I think they're, they're, I like right, to talk yeah. to the people. So go on. How big is the problem? Well, our, our press release, you know, that the National Fraud Authority have estimated it's cost councils and housing association about £1.8 billion, um, in 2013. Um, so it's obviously a very large problem. Well, how big um, a problem uh, is it now as Breville? That's the, that's the question I'm asking. Um, in Aylesbury Vale, um, well, over, over the last year and six months, we've had six instances, instances that we've spoken about in our, our press release. Um, those six instances. Michael, we've... Michael, I'm really sorry. I, I make a point of not reading press releases when I know I've got a guest on who can talk about it. So just, just, just talk okay. to me, okay? How, wh- okay. What's the, how big is the problem in Aylesbury Vale? Okay, in Aylesbury, over the last year and six months, we've we've had six instances of tenancy fraud, um, where we've taken action and we've successfully um, got positive outcomes in relation to the return of those properties. So what that tells us is, I mean, we've got 7,400 properties across the Vale. Um, so we've had six. Um, at the same time, we participate in the, the National Fraud Initiative um, um, annually. And what that's told us is it's given us around about 30 matches this year, yeah. um, mainly around about duplicate national insurance numbers. So I think what it tells us is we, we, we have a mix of there are people who are illegally subletting. And at the same time, we've also got some work to do in relation to making sure the data hold is accurate. I, I guess part of the problem is you don't know where these people are, do you? You're entirely dependent on them um, stepping forward themselves or um, yeah. other people reporting them. That must be a frustrating position. It, it, it is frustrating. I mean, we obviously rely on people reporting um, suspicions in relation to tenancy fraud, and that does happen. Um, our, our officers attend and visit our properties regularly, whether it's through reactive repairs, carrying out occupancy checks to pro- um, properties. But we, we do rely heavily on people coming to us, and I think... That's very reactive. And the, the, the amnesty is, is a bit more proactive. It's a bit different. Um, and I appreciate it's not something that will be for everyone, but I think it's us taking a more proactive approach, raising awareness and, and, and setting out our stance for moving forward. Um, and, and how does it work? Just, just you're hoping, and I know this has worked in other areas, and it's worked in Camden, where I, I would imagine it's, it, I, I'm making up it's, it's, it's a bigger problem. But, but just uh, unscrupulous landlords just, just turn up and say, do you know what, I've been doing it, I'm sorry. How, does it, how is it meant to work? Yeah, I mean, if, if someone does um, or is committing tenancy fraud, is, is concerned they're committing tenancy fraud, 
and um, we've asked them to approach us. And you know, we've said we, we won't we won't take action um, during the month of October. Um, I think it is very different. We're essentially asking someone who's breaking the law to come and tell us, and that's a that's a very difficult thing for anyone to do. Um, but I think if you look at um, thing in relation to gun crime, knife crime, the police hold amnesties for people mm. returning weapons. You know, they, they tend to be very successful. And whilst that's a completely different environment, um, you know, we, we don't know what we're we're going to get from it. We've never done it before. Um, but as I said, it's it's more proactive than waiting for reports or or, or finding them when officers visit. So uh, ho- hopefully, it gives us an opportunity to. Um, make best use of our stock and, and, and get properties into circulation for people who really need them. And what help will be offered to the, the, the subletters who aren't breaking the law, may not even know that there's something dodgy going on, but need a place to live? Um, obviously, I mean, they're, they're victims themselves. They, they, they've been victim of someone who's, who's, been, who's been illegally subletting. Um, what, what we would do is we'd do as much as we can to, to support them. Um, we would refer them and work with the local authority in relation to them being provided with housing options. Um, in terms of their future housing. I mean, where, where, where that would sit, whether they had a, a need for social housing, whether they qualified for social housing indeed is the question. Um, obviously, a part of housing options would be about the private rented sector as well. Um, but there's a whole host of affordability issues with that. But we, we would provide as much support. And we have very good relationships with the, the local authority in Aylesbury, um, whereby we would, we would do as much as we can. How many incidents did you say you'd had in the last 18 months? And um, we've had well, in our, we've had six instances in the last. Sort of and what, what they, were they were they subletters or were they squatters? Um, no, that was that was instances where we we um, came across subletting. Okay, okay. Uh, well, let's you know let's let's hope that uh, everybody gets the outcome that they deserve. You know, we, we, people need to be housed and homed. Uh, uh, Michael, thank you very much indeed, Michael Driscoll, tenancy services manager from the Trust. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five eight one three double three. Start your text uh, 3CR um, if you uh, if you want to give us a call about that. I'm still trying to uh, th- th- find out exactly what part of Jeremy Corbyn's speech uh, yesterday should have me uh, uh, hiding my children under a table because the world is going to end. Didn't quite get it. Um, and also Brits abroad. Now, Catherine, I didn't really read this story. About it, well, it was lawyers naked in a fountain. Yeah, three lawyers naked in a fountain. In the naiads, be careful how you read get, that. Get, get your naiads out. <laughs> they did. Get your naiads for the lads. And now they deeply regret it. Now it's been photographed by someone who was so outraged they photographed it. And the, well, there is a thing when we're abroad. I mean, I don't drink anymore, but um, I'd never really had a boozy holiday abroad actually, apart from when we did a load of absinthe in um, wherever it is you do absinthe. I can't even remember where it Amsterdam. Was. No, um, um, begins with a P. Oh, Prague. Thank you very much indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Home of absinthe. And the naughtiest thing I did there was move all the pictures around in the hotel because I was tripping on absinthe, man. Oh, and I ran out of a public toilet because I didn't have... You had to put some money in a pot. I did a hotel switcheroo. Um, Someone had put the parties here, a banner on someone's door. Yeah. I put it a bit further down. There we go, you see. I know, you're right. Right. It, it wasn't as good as the second time around, Russ. I did try to get him to repeat it, but um, he said six that time. Um, uh, but Brit, th- we do have this thing, Brits abroad. Uh, the number of times I, I, I avoid Brits abroad mm. because it's awful. We say we go to a Greek island every year and we we um, we don't go to the uh, Lagana, which is where, you know, all the pubs advertise X Factor and Ginsters. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Yeah, if the fry-up some... is the selling point, I don't want to be there. It's embarrassing. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Your stories of Brits abroad. Paul, stay there. I'll come to you after this. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
In Milton Keynes, there's been an accident on the A421 Standing Way that's been partially blocked because of the accident between the Brinklow Roundabout and the Kingston Roundabout, so it's making it really slow between Milton Keynes and the M1. And Paul just has called to say that the M1 southbound is actually at a standstill at Junction 12 for Flittig, possibly because of the roadworks that are there between uh, Junction 12 for Flittig and 11 for Dunstable, adding to the delays caused by the problems in Milton Keynes. Elsewhere, it's looking busy in High Wycombe now, where the roadworks are on Marlow Hill at the Junction for Doors Hill Lane and on the train departure boards the 834 service from Bedford to Bletchley has been cancelled Smart the Breath BBC Three Counties Radio Across beds hearts and bugs This is BBC Three Counties Radio It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The go-ahead's been given for doctors to carry out the UK's first womb transplants. The lawyer representing a woman treated as a domestic slave in Milton Keynes claims she was left by the police outside a hotel. And David Cameron has announced that Britain will pay £25 million towards a new prison in Jamaica so hundreds of Jamaican inmates in British jails can serve their sentence in their home country. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Wickham atop of League Two after beating 10-man Cambridge 1-0 at Adams Park last night. Michael Harriman scored the winner after Gary Thompson had missed a penalty, but manager Gareth Ainsworth isn't getting carried away. It's great to be sat there. It is a good start to the season and we're really pleased, but you know we, we look at our squad sometimes and we know we're punching above our weight still. It's great to know what the boys will give me week in, week out. Like I say injuries and suspensions will kill us. We've picked one up tonight with Michael Harriman, who, uh, who may have tweaked his groin, which will put us down again. But this group of lads, you know, they, they just keep achieving and uh, the new boys who've come in look like they've, they've gelled really well with the, the rest of the group. Luton are up to 11th after a third successive win, 3-1 at Morecambe. Luke Wilkinson, Cameron McGeehan and Jonathan Smith scored for John Stills' side. For the 90 minutes, we were the best team and deserved to win against a good side. And we've, you know, you've got, If you win here, you've got to play well. And we played well, we're getting better. Still not quite, but we're getting better, we're getting stronger. My team starts slow, I can't do nothing about that. It's just what we do. But we finish strong and uh, we're, we're getting better and I'm really pleased with today's performance. But Stevenage remained 20th after a third successive defeat. Teddy Sheringham's side lost 2-0 attempt to Mansfield. At this moment, it's not good, and I know it's not good. It's, uh, it's understandable, the, the little grumblings we're hearing, but um, I know it can be a lot worse. I've been at clubs before when it's been a lot worse. It's no different now. We have to, we have to dig deep and, and be strong together. And in the Champions League, there were defeats for both Arsenal and Chelsea. Arsenal lost 3-2 at home to Olympiacos. Chelsea lost 2-1 away to Porto. Tonight, Manchester City visit Borussia Mönchengladbach with Manchester United at home to another German side, Wolfsburg. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at nine. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, let's go to Paul in Bletchley. Morning, Paul. Oh, morning, Ian. How are you going? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you, boss. What, what have you got for us? Well, um, this speech, I heard little snatches of it. I mean, it's a general point. If I had a pound for every time one of them said change, we're going to change this, we're going to change that. Sometimes yeah. it's, you almost think it's just change for the sake of change. You know, it's, uh, you know that, that annoys me a little bit. Well, but, but hang on. If, 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 he, if he wants to change things, what, yeah. other, what other word is he supposed to say? <laughs> well, true, but it does raise... It's almost as though it's the word they like, you know, people think, ah, oh, yeah, you know, it's, 
it's um, you know it's it's a motive word really. You know, yeah, I agree with you in a way, but but it's not, it, what, what he's providing, right? Which I don't think Miliband did, and uh, it, 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 and it's, it'd be, you could argue that Blair and um, uh, Brown didn't. He's off. He's offering us an opposition, a genuine yes. opposition to what yes. um, the Tories are offering. It, it's I, now clearer to see the difference between the two. Yeah, I agree with you. It prov- also, it provokes. A lot of discussion, I agree, absolutely. That can only make the Tories better as well, can't it? If they realise that there are people that are chasing them and, and pointing out what what they perceive to be their mistakes and errors, yep. that's got to make the Conservatives raise their game. So it's good for everyone. I think, I, th- I, I do agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you there. It's no good having uh, a clone of Cameron or, or, you know, at least they're different colours, shall we say now, yeah. and uh, it provokes a lot of debate. Absolutely, I, I go along with that 100%. And I think I think he is open to change. I mean, he's he's talked about renationalising the railways. Well, I'm totally against that, but, you know, I think that will um, that'll be open to debate, won't it? But, um, you know, as long as he's not buying votes, as perhaps Brown did, you know, I yeah. offer him more benefits, etc., just to you know, get people to vote for them. That's what you don't want. You want a, a politics based in realism, you know, um, where, where, OK, everybody gets treated fairly as well, you know, where we can all have a say in things. And also, Dennis was running politicians down, but if people don't stand up to be counted, to, you know, whether they're local councils, whether yeah. they're MPs, you, you're not going to have a democratic system. It, so. Paul, listen, you're right. I've got to move on because I've got to squeeze it, but you're right. And also, if you're an MP and you're invited to be a shadow minister or a junior shadow minister and you choose not to... I kind of just think it says something. Right, so Bare Naked Ladies, we're playing their songs all the time because they're one of my favourite, favourite bands. They're on tour at the moment. They've got a new album out called Silver Ball. Uh, and me and Kath got to meet them the other day. Is it still fun? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I've been saying to a lot of folks uh, lately, we're, we're 27 years in and I'm, I think I'm having more fun than ever, actually. We did, uh, we just came off 37 dates in America where we also had Colin Hay, who's opening up this uh, mm. UK tour with us and it was just a pleasure we had Colin and the Violent Femmes and I just felt very fortunate to still be in a rock band with people I uh, enjoy and now, now do, and this is a serious thing I, we were just talking about the Kinks we're in Crouch End which is kind of near where the Kinks live and I'm reading the book the Kinks hate each other okay and they, and they stay together for years but they hate do you still really get on there's got to be kind of bits that wind you up about each other well, uh, there certainly are bits that wind us up but you know the joy for us is that we love bare naked ladies, but hate the Kinks, and that's what keeps us going. Uh, no, we don't. We actually love the you Kinks. You have to have a, a scapegoat rock band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's the Kinks. Is it's it? the, always the Kinks. That's yeah, blasphemy in this country. Well, yeah. we're united in our hatred of the Kinks. It's not true. Uh, tell us about who wants to tell us about Silverball, the new album, which is a treat, by the way. I would love to tell you about Silverball. What do you want to know? I know everything about it. How much money did you make for it? <laughs> Zero so far. <laughs> how, how, I mean, what, what number album is this? We, we've got to be into the teens, haven't we? Yeah, I think it's fourteen. Jeez. It depends if you count uh, a live record or something in there. I think it's our. Okay. I think it's our fourteenth studio album, actually. I agree with that. Yeah. I think it's number fourteen, and number fourteen is obviously a lucky number. Because it's like lucky seven times two. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I'm not, I don't have another shred of mathematic <laughs> evidence that that's a true statement. But um, 14 albums in, we're still making records. We mm. still enjoy it. Um, this time we worked with Gavin Brown. Uh, he's done our last two records, actually. He's a Toronto guy. Um, producer, he's worked with Metric and Tragically Hip and uh, Billy Talent and, and bands like that. Um, and he's a great guy, and he's got a great beard. He's a- I was going. I was going to say you've come back kind of hairier 
than before. There's a, you know, with certain exceptions, there's a lot of yeah. hair. Go- I'm the exception. <laughs> no, I have tro- I tro- There's a mole right here that actually sprouts a little, is it, is little it? hair, but otherwise, I'm, I'm not really. I can't really contribute. Jim's, Sorry, Jim's guys. still a baby. <laughs> <laughs> so He's a wee baby. <laughs> Why are you doing a Pakistani accent? <laughs> I don't get it. Every time. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a democratic band? It sounds like, you know, everyone's kind of chipping in. Is that how it works? Yeah, we're, we're actually, we're probably closer to socialists wow. than we are to Democrats. Um, but yeah, everybody gets heavily involved uh, in every aspect of it. Um, I think that's why it's such a pleasure to record. It's not, uh, it's not a dictatorship in the studio. I, I have got beef with you. I'm clutching my phone because I've got my boys five and three. They've kind of just discovered you. My, my eldest went to his first concert last week. He went to see the Monkees. First concert. But the Monkees? Took him to see the Monkees, yeah. Wow. Yeah, the I know. Monkeys? The Monkees? A, a new Monkees? That's the Monkees, Monkees. That's the, the old monkeys. the old Monkees. It's more like the monkey now. But... <laughs> it's just... Very monkey. But my boys have discovered you now, and they love you, and that's great. It's brilliant. But th- th- my car journeys... Go. This is my, my car journey. Yeah, that's the youngest. That's you, isn't it? This goes on for like five minutes, guys. <laughs> Why is your son doing a Pakistani accent? <laughs> Thank you, Ed. Because my, my wife is from Pakistan. <laughs> this goes on for like five, constantly. I love it. That's not a repeat. That's no, awesome. this is... It's a natural repeat. This is it, just going on and on. Yeah, they're good boys. Yeah. <laughs> Good taste. No, I mean, Boys, your allowance is in the mail. <laughs> and this is one of the things that is great about you is that, um, and I've got to phrase this properly, is your songs, it's kind of, there's, there's adult stuff going on, but there's something childlike about them as well. Is, is, that, is, that, part, is that how you seal part of your appeal? Well, we're a fairly simple lot, I think. Uh, That's sort of embedded in the whole philosophy mm. and roots of the band, you know, even in the band name. It's sort of got a childlike uh, quality to it. Oh, the boys think it's hilarious. Oh, where are you going today, Daddy? Oh, I'm going to see bare naked ladies. Oh, yeah, boobies. They're they're excited. Any chance of any boobies today? Only man boobies. <laughs> no, you're into that. At Forty-two. I'll take. I take. <laughs> and your your kids love them as well. Totally obsessed. <laughs> Awesome! Wow! She, wow. she may sing that better than I do. Well, I just—if you ever, you know, if you ever get a sore throat or anything, we've got a couple of candidates that are willing to come in. Well, we're we're a lot like Menudo, but our cutoff age is fifty. <laughs> so once we get to fifty, we start—we have to start uh, rotating in British children. How do you? Very quickly, we're going to let you go because I know you—you kind of just got here yesterday, and you must be shattered. How do you decide? Because you've got so many songs and so many albums and so many good songs. How do you, do you kind of fight over which ones you get to play? I mean, obviously there are the obvious ones. If you didn't play one week, I'm guessing you'd get lynched, but the kind of... Well, what's happening right now is, especially on the last two records, is a lot of the new songs really play well live. They work for the quartet, you know, and so it's, it's been nice to have that new batch of songs to throw into the set, and they seem to work really seamlessly. So and I don't it keeps know. us excited as well yeah, when, yeah. We, when we were playing newer material, and the audience loves it. Forget all the hits. Play us some new stuff. 
Um, but well, you know, we're, you know. we're a band that doesn't hate our hits too. Good. You know, so uh, you know, I enjoy the energy that playing a hit song injects into a live show. And if we're bored of something or sick of something, we just change it mm. or we leave it out for a while. We're, we're, we've got a long career and we've got a lot of songs to choose from. There are a few songs that we play every night, mm. so we just find ways to to keep them interesting. But I never want to be a guy on stage that's not enjoying what he's doing. So if we're not enjoying something, we take it out of the rotation. Listen, we're going to let you go. Uh, pick two songs for us, one from the new album um, and one from your entire back catalogue. doesn't have to be an obvious one. Okay. Uh, from the new album, like, should I be choosing the single? Or you just choose, 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 what, choose, choose, your, choose whatever one you fancy, which one maybe doesn't get airplay or whatever you like. Okay, guys. Mm. Guys? I play toe-to-toe, I, I think, really like I think duct tape hard is good. Uh-oh. We've got a difference of opinion. So you're play, starting a fight now. No, let's play duct tape toe. Yeah. <laughs> Either toe to toe or duct tape toe. We'll play, we'll play toe to toe one day and duct tape heart the next day. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, um, anything, this is going, you've got 14 albums. Anything from the back catalogue. Anything. Anything. <laughs> we play popcorn every single day. That seven thirty. That that's you've replaced the theme tune to the Fall Guy, which we used to play in that song. And now it's and now it's popcorn. How, how about a song uh, from our Everything to Everyone album? Oh yes. And uh, I'm gonna choose the song called. What's that one? <laughs> uh, think, what are you thinking? Of I love this? when you step in with nowhere to go. No, I had the name of the song. And I told he comes him in with such it. confidence. How does uh, it go? Uh, What's the drum part like? <laughs> oh, it may be Katie is what I was trying to think oh, yeah? of. Yeah, yeah maybe Katie. That? Yeah, that's the song that I was trying oh, to think beautiful of. Beautiful song. We'll have it. Okay. Nice pick. Yeah, yeah that's good. good. Maybe Katie. I'll set the metronome.
Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A421 standing way in Milton Keynes in Wavendon is queuing because of a overturned vehicle that's partially blocked the roadbed between the Kingston at the Kingston roundabout. It's looking very slow there. And in the surrounding areas, the M1 southbound is reported to be at a standstill by Paul. He said he's stuck at junction 12 for Flitwick. In where the A10 northbound as the entry slip road has been blocked there because of an accident at the Ware and Harlow turnoff. It's because of an accident involving two vehicles near the McDonald's and on the A40 into London at the M40 Denham roundabout. It's looking very busy too. The M25 also has delays anti-clockwise between Junction 17th Maple Cross and 16th for the M40. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 8.46, last 15 minutes of the show. 03459 555555 Brits Abroad. And just how terrified of Jeremy Corbyn are you now after hearing his speech? More calls coming up after the news. The lawyer representing a woman treated as a domestic slave in Milton Keynes claims she was left by the police outside a hotel. The go-ahead's been given for doctors to carry out the UK's first womb transplants. And in last night's football, there were wins for Wickham and Luton, but defeat for Stevenage. Let's get the weather! Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Blue sky and sunshine day again. High pressure still dominates. Today's edition, though, is a brisk easterly wind, which uh, isn't really having too much impact. I'm pleased to say we're looking at temperatures getting up to around 18, so a really pleasant afternoon in the sunshine. Overnight, dry and clear. The wind, to a certain extent, easing, so we may see one or two mist and fog patches developing. Quite chilly in the countryside, minimum around 8 Celsius. For tomorrow, more of the same. Strong uh, spells of sunshine. Again, the wind a bit lighter, so in fact, it is going to feel perhaps a little bit warmer tomorrow, maximum. 18 Celsius and this run of settled weather with this high pressure looks like it's going to last into the weekend as well and that's your forecast If you've missed any of the programmes here on BBC Three Counties Radio you've missed things like this What have you got for us Liz? Can you beat leaving his scooter behind? Yeah I've left my knickers behind But there is a way you can hear it all again And he has been replaced with a baby grey budgie What? Yes, it's been the place. bbc.co.uk slash three counties radio. Yes, the idea of preparing for Monty Python made me aware that I enjoy being on stage, enjoy being in front of a live audience. Allowing you to listen to what you missed. Would you sue your neighbour, your friends, if your child got hurt on one of their trampolines? bbc.co.uk slash three counties radio. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Ah, Yvonne's in Cranfield. Good morning, Yvonne. Hiya. Hiya, Yvonne. You're right. Yes, fine. Have you had breakfast? Yes. What did you have? Er, cereal, coffee. Fag. Have you not had breakfast? I've not had breakfast yet. I've not had breakfast, and do you know what? I'm starving. And I'm going to have to do... Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to have to do. Now, every time I do this, I vow never to do it again. I'm going to have to stop off at a petrol station on the way home and get one of their... Oh, look at you laughing. I get yeah, one of those horrible right. coffees from the machine. What are you going to buy? I'm going to buy... All right, this is what, what breakfast is going to be, right? If, and I know which petrol station I'm going to go to. I'm going to buy coffee. I'm going to buy a disappointing warm cheese and onion pasty. <laughs> and buy a bag of minstrels. There's breakfast. Well, you, are I you would having, say uh, more fool you. More fool, more, more fool. Are you smoking a fag now? 
yes. Oh! Tomorrow on the show, remind me, tomorrow on the show we're going to have a fag break for our listeners. Because cigarette smokers, they get such a hard time. And I know Dealey's <laughs> trying to knock it on the head because he's not very well. And smoking isn't good for you, right? But tomorrow I want to have a cigarette break for all our listeners where we're going to have a five-minute break where they can nip out and have a quick fag so they don't miss any of the show. What time? I'm in my 70s. Oh, so smoking's made you lo- live longer. I'm going to give up. No, you uh, listen. Here's here's the thing. If you if you're 70 and over and you're still smoking, get in there, double it, double up, <laughs> double up. Spark two fags up at one. Have you ever done that, uh, Yvonne? I hate to tell you. Yes. My grandmother Uh-oh. was 103 oh. when she died. Hey. When she was 100, yeah. for her birthday, she oh, yeah. got. 2,000 cigarettes. <laughs> wow. And God knows how many bottles of whiskey. But just think, Yvonne, if she hadn't have drunk and smoked all that, she could have lived to 106. <laughs> anyway, come on, get on yes. with it. Well, yes, get on with it. Get on with it. What you got for us, Yvonne? Right, OK. This man, yes. all I know is Which? Oh, Corbyn. he's Corbyn. a Republican. Right, OK. He's got very left-wing views. Okay. Absolutely fine. Yes. He reminds me of Michael Foote, who was an academic. Yeah. And their, the academics, their views are unrealistic in the modern world. So could you tell me yes. where Jeremy Corbyn What's his background? What? <laughs> I wasn't expecting the conversation to go. I don't. Well, his background is he's been um, a, an MP in North London for what about thirty years, thirty-five years, something yeah, like that. But what was it? Did he go to university? Oh, I haven't got a clue. I doubt it. I'm, I don't know. I haven't got a clue. Exactly. Why does it, but why is that but why is that important what he what he did? What is he now? He's in his, his what is he sixty-five? Why is it important what he did forty years ago? Because. That indicates yeah. how he arrives at his left-wing view. So we can only... You only want a, a, a Prime Minister who's been to university? No. No? You want one who hasn't been to university? I'm not saying that. I am saying you need the background. University of Life yeah. or the University of... Sussex. A proper university. Right. Or, uh... What, what's wrong? Suppose it is... Catherine has the answer, and I don't know what the answer is, and we're going to go to her in just a moment. We're going to go to her in just a moment and find out what the answer is, OK? But supposing it's just, it's just through life experience... The, yeah. the BBC, I think, called him um, um, uh, elderly. <laughs> As he was going on stage, I think the Andrew Neil show called him elderly. He's only, he's only 66. <laughs> He's a, he's, a, he's a spring chicken to you. He's a toy boy. Yeah. Hang on. Catherine, what, what's his background? Right, according to the fount of all knowledge that is Wikipedia, oh, yeah. he was educated at the independent Castle House Prep School near Newport, Shropshire, before attending oh. a grammar school as a day student. Yeah, right? yeah. While still at the school, he became active in the Recon constituency Young Socialists and his local Labour Party. Okay. He achieved two A-levels with E-grades. This is so as not as quite. I expected. Hang on. Yes. Then after school, he spent two years doing voluntary service overseas in Jamaica before becoming a full-time official for the National Union of Public Employees and Amalgamated Engineering and Did he go to university? Wait. Well, I'm not going to wait Then he pursued a degree in trade... Hang on. Trade union studies at North London Polytechnic, which he left after his first year without completing his studies. So, no. (laughs) 
Does that make a difference? No. I rest my case. Well, what case? Have, what case have you rested? There's no case. <laughs> I don't understand what you. So because he he spent a year at Polly and then didn't stick it out, is is that good or a bad thing? Depends on what you use of that experience. I don't know what your ca- I don't know what your case is that you've rested. Pick it back up again. Don't rest it. Well, for goodness sake, what he's saying at the moment, what he said mm. yesterday, yeah, all of it, yeah, is idealistically great. But yeah. in the practical world, in the modern world in yeah. which we live... In this ever-changing world in which we live in... Yeah. When it makes you give in and cry... Sorry? Say live and let die. Probably. Probably. I don't, but I don't... OK, so you're saying that what he's... <laughs> go on, have another growler. What he's saying is is good... You know, the thing about building another 100,000 council houses and having a discussion about whether we spend £100 billion on, um, on Trident or not whatever. and reducing the... <laughs> redu- you can't say whatever. Those are big things. But you're saying they're impractical and, and he's, not, he's not done the math. No, he hasn't. OK. So he's just saying them. The thing about helping uh, um, uh, um, um, the, the, the child tax benefits that were scrapped by the Tories, he wants to bring that back in. That's impractical? Possibly. A yeah. good Re- idea. Yeah. Reducing but the stigma possibly. on mental health, that's, that's impossible? Probably. OK. All right, Yvonne. We can't afford it. <laughs> OK, Yvonne. And that's the point of the okay. exercise. And that's what he's being picked up on a lot, because he's, he said all these things and people are going, yeah, OK, uh, where's the money coming from? Yep, exactly. Cheers, my dear. See you later on, Yvonne. Have a nice day. Bye. Ta-ta. Uh, yeah, and most people have picked up on that. Where, where, how, are you gonna, uh, how are you going to afford it, boss? Um, oh, three, four, five, nine. What's that? What's the tweet about canals? Canals? What's that? <laughs> See it on the machine, but I don't know if it's All right, on. Hang on, let's have a look. Is uh, it for us? Have we mentioned canals? Yeah, it's, uh, is autumn the best time to explore your local canal? Here's some thoughts on it. I mean... This is from the Canals and Rivers Trust press team. Oh, I those guys. Nothing. Those guys with their canal propaganda. They're so what? anal about can- canals. Yeah. They're anal about they're anal about canals. No, I can't. I can't. Um, Good one though. Excellent. Um, so I don't understand what Yvonne. Uh, bless you, Yvonne. I don't understand what her point was about university. If he went to university, that's why he's idealistic. He didn't. So okay. that's why. Well, Adrian says she accused him of being an academic, then sneered he never went to uni. Uh, Andrew says I went to Poly and dropped out. Do I qualify? <laughs> the thing is, right? Look what he was doing around being at Poly. He was he was hugely active in a number of causes. It was a great picture, and it's easy. And I'm not listen. I'm not saying this is, you know, we can all manipulate pictures to tell any story I want, any story that we want. But there's a great picture of um, a, a comparison picture of what Cameron was doing in the 80s, and what Corbyn was doing in the 80s. Cameron, he's in his Bullingdon Club. Outfit, standing, looking like a toff. Corbyn, he's um, being arrested by a copper, holding a banner saying, um, give homes to homeless people, or something like that. I've simplified it even more. And you can do, you know, you, the, the comparisons are easy to make and we could tell any story we wanted, but it's a nice little... Um... Still, according to Yvonne, he doesn't live in the real world. <laughs> 
Well, you know, I, I, okay, yeah. How's he going to How's he going to pay for those hundred thousand council houses? The the the, the well, okay. Well, <laughs> I've just worked it out. Sorry, by um by not spending a hundred billion pounds on Trident, that's how he's going to pay for it. Okay, then the question is: there's, there's a chain reaction of questions. Those people that work that that are employed by Trident, how, how are you going to employ them? How are you going to redeploy their skills? You know, so there's, there's a whole chain of questions, and uh, I don't have the answers. Maybe he doesn't have the answers, but still. I've been to uh, party conferences, and uh, that one sounded quite, like, quite good fun. The parties looked good, didn't they? Yeah, well, the ones I've been to are d- uh, l- dull, man. They're so dull. And they're full of just, like, weird young people who are really into politics and weird old people who are embittered about politics. It's a strange... It's a strange thing to go to. Right, guys, that's it. That's your lot. If you missed the Bare Naked Ladies interview, we'll whack it in the podcast. You'll get some of that podcast, you say? What podcast? Uh, you go to iTunes, you type in Ian Lee, and it pops up. Oh, and a reminder, this Saturday at midday, between 12 and 2, brand new show, me and Catherine going down the rabbit hole. You're more than welcome to join us, guys. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Milton Keynes, standing way is really busy between Milton Keynes and the M1 as it goes through Wavendon and it's partially blocked by an overturned vehicle which is why it's at the Kingston roundabout. It's also very busy on the M1 southbound. Paul would say it's at a standstill at Junction 12 for Flittick and in where the A10 entry slip road is partially blocked northbound at the Harlow turnoff and that's causing delays near the McDonald's. On the M40 into London there are queues from the Highwickham Handycross roundabout towards Junction 3 for Loudwater. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much. So a um, warm pasty, half filled with the filling that's promised, and a bag of minstrels. Breakfast is coming for you. No, hang on. Daddy is coming for breakfast. There we go. I'm so hungry, I can't even string a sentence together. Thanks for all your calls. We got there in the end. Get well soon, Dealey. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Catherine. Back tomorrow at six. Until then, from us. <laughs> Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Wednesday, it's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in... Would you like this country to be run by Jeremy Corbyn? In his first conference speech as leader of the Labour Party, Jeremy Corbyn has told voters they don't have to accept inequality and injustice and that Britain can and must change. He says he'd make Britain a kinder and more caring place and that we no longer have to put up with austerity. Mr Corbyn argues the Conservatives were paid for by a few wealthy people. They serve a few wealthy people and he instead would raise money by properly taxing bankers and big businesses like Google and Amazon. The new Labour leader has also said he'd scrap Britain's nuclear defence system Trident and find more money to build enough council houses to get rid of homelessness. Well, this morning I want to hear from you. Would you like this country to be run by Jeremy Corbyn? Here's the telephone number for your call. It's 03459 455555. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
This is the JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. I'll take your call in just a second, but first let's get the latest BBC News at nine o'clock. Here's Simon Oxley. The headlines go ahead for womb transplants in the UK. Claims that woman's slave was left by police at Milton Keynes Hotel and wins for Wickham and Luton defeat for Stevenage. BBC Three Counties Radio. The go-ahead's been given for doctors to carry out the UK's first womb transplants following the success of the procedure in Sweden. The clinical trial will involve 10 women and, if successful, the first British babies born from donor wombs could be delivered in 2017. The BBC's Richard Lister says they now need to get the funding. This uh, organisation has been going for several years, Womb Transplant UK. They have been monitoring the uh, the, the programme in Sweden and they've been trying to ensure that Britain will be ready to, to bring it to this country once they have the money. They need altogether about half a million pounds in order to get this trial going. Uh, they've raised about 40,000 so far, but they're optimistic that um, now they've had clinical approval to start this trial and of course with the success of the programme in Sweden they will get the rest of the money. The lawyer representing a woman treated as a domestic slave in Milton Keynes claims she was left by the police outside a hotel. 39-year-old Pamela Turkey went on to take legal action against her employers and was awarded £180,000 in compensation. Thames Valley Police say they take safeguarding very seriously but won't comment on the case specifically. Labour leader Jeremy Corbyn has said he would not use Britain's nuclear weapons if he were Prime Minister. Speaking to the BBC the morning after his first conference speech as leader, he repeated his position that Trident should not be renewed. 187 countries don't feel the need to have a nuclear weapon to protect their security. I'm opposed to the use of nuclear weapons. I'm opposed to the holding of nuclear weapons. I want to see a nuclear-free world. I believe it is possible... Costa Coffee, owned by Bedfordshire-based Whitbread, says it's increasing the pay of more than 12,000 employees, so they'll be on more than the new national living wage. From tomorrow, baristas will get at least £7.40 an hour once they've completed their initial training. Hertfordshire singer James Bay has claimed the biggest-selling album released in 2015, the Hitchin Star's debut album, Chaos and the Calm, has totaled nearly 300